Hey Skyfarers and welcome to Aethercast, the Caradron Overlords podcast, where today we're prepping you on how to beat Nurgle with your Caradron Overlords army. Uh, but before we do, let's uh, meet the team for tonight's show and have a little chat about the news. So uh, we have our regular on the show, uh, Endrin Master turned tree surgeon to the Garden of Nurgle, it's Mr. Matt Barker. Nice to be here, everybody. Thanks for having me on again, Lee. Thank you very much for coming on, Matt. And uh, special guest, uh, you might have already noticed him uh, on the thumbnail, um, Mr. Paul Conti, the uh, putrid nerd king himself from Radio Free Hammer Hall. Hey, what's up, nerds? How's it going? Thank you very much for coming on, Paul. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And... Uh, Rounding out uh, the Dwarden part of the show, <laughs> the uh, avatar of Gwombrindle himself, Mr. Max Bowman, Dwarden Max. Hello, how's everyone doing? All good, thank you. How are you, Max? I'm good, I'm good. Um, planning to play a first real-life game tomorrow in ages, so I'm Ooh. quickly assembling Skywarns as we speak. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it seems like uh, all of a sudden, like real life games will be happening soon. I even have tickets for a tournament. I recently signed up for an <laughs> RTT and a GT in real life. This is yeah. amazing. You can play this game. Did you get? No, you don't have, just have to talk about it and write lists. You can actually play it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not it's not all virtual games anymore. I've actually done that. <laughs> so uh, no, it's uh, I don't know. It's almost like a shock to the system, but it's cool. Yeah, um, where are those dice? <laughs> Where's the rule book? How does this work? Yeah, what's gonna be shocked to the system is the amount of beer I drink at the first first tournament I actually go to, like the first GT <laughs> yeah. I go to. Just remember to lift the the mask before you drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that could be problematic. <laughs> I never did get used to drinking beer through a straw. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, that's awkward. Uh, that's no. <laughs> Uh, so, um, a little bit of news that we have, um, mm -hmm. the reason, obviously, what you might have noticed from our introduction, that we are missing our gunnery sergeant and funder from Down Under, that's because uh, Cron is currently playing in a tournament in Victoria, in uh, Australia, um, so we talked about the lists being taken last week on the show. So Cron is currently uh, 3-0, and and they're about to start day two. Um, the other players spawned. He uh, said his uh, game, his round three opponent conceded in turn one. Yeah. Man. Well, the, the end of round the two one. was over after two rounds, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, <sighs> Dean Rossiter, uh, whose list we looked at last week, he's 2-1 and one at the moment. Uh -huh. Um trying to find them all. How's uh, Godric doing? Oh, well, actually, there was... Um, so, because when we spoke about Dave's list, uh, we said that, obviously, we didn't think he would win game one because he was up against 160 uh, bodies on that oh, battle yeah. But they actually redrew the list, so he didn't play against the, the matchups. Mm -hmm. oh, so he nice. didn't play against that. So he currently has one win, a draw, and a loss, uh, the draw being on Knight of the Heart. And then, mm -hmm. last but not least, uh, if I can find him, Ian is on one win and uh, unfortunately two losses. 
Can um, you draw? How do you draw on knife to the heart? No one, no one captures both. Yeah, and they must obviously not have auxiliaries. Secondaries. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. It. Okay. So uh, no, but uh, they're about to start day two. So good luck to all the Cadron Overlords players there. Um, Let's um, go, Alex. Yeah. Kill Teclis. Yeah, Next so, uh, yeah, Kron has got Lumineth first. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert, he's going to target Teclis because that's the only <laughs> thing in that army that actually does anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, archers so, are pretty good too, but the, yeah, not... he only has 20. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, two units of 10 as well, which is a bit unusual, I think, but I don't know. So, I think that's all the news because Games Workshop haven't done anything, have they? Uh, we know there's a preview coming next Saturday. Ooh, a new one, also with Age of Sigma. Um, mm. I expect we'll see the uh, Bone Reaper Underworlds Warband. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, we've seen you know, some shadow cutouts. And one looks like a bony archer. And mm. something else that's not distinguishable, maybe some vampires. Who knows? Oh, please, please. I've got like four or five Games Workshop gift cards just waiting to pre-order like a boss when the vampires come out. Mm. Yeah, there, there could be something Bellacore related, maybe, because we obviously we've seen Bellacore. Yeah, we've seen big Bellacore model. Mm -hmm. uh, any hopes for any Nurgle stuff, Paul? Um, I, I almost like, I almost don't want a new book. Like, I'm <laughs> happy with the book we have and continually getting like supplements through other things like mm. slaves to darkness got a new book like great like half of what's available to nurgle got updated like something new for slaves to darkness like nurgle gets that too or it can be an ally mm. um the next broken realms is going to have nurgle in it like mm -hmm. just keep supplementing us and don't mm. give us a book like like, don't ruin what's already good there. I don't want, mm -hmm. like, them to go give us the Slanesh treatment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just keep it the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are some things... If you want to. There are some things, because it's an older book, there are quite a few things that are... Because they use older wordings and that, they're quite lax. So you've got a lot of things that are just within... Mm -hmm. or quite like, like a lot of things are fought like within 14 inches which is actually massive compared to like being holy within 12 or something that a lot of armies have mm -hmm. so you know a lot of changes would, could potentially be negative for an herbal yeah. army well if they get the daughter's treatment they, they'd be fine <laughs> it's yeah. just you know updated wording and that's it yeah yeah maybe um, but uh, and there is going to be a new battalion. Is there all battalions? They haven't said exactly how many for each army. But Nurgle are definitely getting at least one battalion in Broken Realms, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So, and I suspect we're probably going to get um, new like sub allegiances as well, like new sub factions. Yeah. Okay. Like similar um, to the uh, Wrath of the Ever Chosen book. Right. Because mm -hmm. there's six of those in like the lore in the Nurgle book, but they only made rules for four of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. a, a bit like they had with Daughters of Cain, where there was one that they had in the in the lore, but they didn't have rules for. Yep. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that could happen. Is there so, a Skyport yeah. we don't have rules for? 
there's a missing scarf. Jazz Baz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. I got him. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, dear. More like Jazz Bad. Am I right? Oh, oh, jazz Baz. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's Baz. About Jazz hands? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, no, for those that don't know that I watch it, Barrack Jazz Baz is a custom Skyport that was oh. featured in a battle report in uh, White Dwarf. White Dwarf. Mm-hmm. And the army was actually illegal and it was just terrible. Well, um, <laughs> was, we read was, later straight that up illegal in, pop, yeah. when, they, <laughs> when they shot the pictures and made the battle report, that was before they shot down for Corona in March. So right. it was still with old points. That explains right. why the points were weird. But it doesn't explain why there's only two battle lines in the army. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And uh, why the navigator with his uh, Aether Storm can stop Storm Fiends from moving, although <laughs> they don't fly. So we don't know. Secret yeah. tech. From the company that brought you, MetaWatch <laughs> brings you the competitive KO battle report. Yeah. Well, to be fair, they yeah. didn't say it was competitive, but no. I know. Uh, um, yeah. uh, and they didn't say it was match play either, did they? So no, I don't think so. No, um, probably it was implied though. Yeah, that's like the standard default game system, unless you're playing a narrative campaign, or if you're just like I don't know, want to play open play for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. I mean, they they propagate. That narrative and open play is super cool and fun all the time. So mm-hmm. sure. maybe they meant to show that. Yeah, well, there's no reason why you can't do narrative, but using the pitch battle rules. Mm-hmm. So, but Unless just, you uh, want, like, use Godric and uh, Bundle Whalebiter and, I don't know, another named character. Because if it's narrative, they meet up. <laughs> and, yeah, you could play yeah. Barry Fring, but... Yeah, yeah, in a Stormcast army. I don't know. So, but we've got a lot to cover, so we should probably move on. Because <laughs> we could rant about Barrack. Avoided the first tangent. Yeah. Who uh, uh, who who spray painted the, uh, the the Lord of Blights here on the title page? Oh, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's just happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a creepy fella. I did, I did it on the... Um, the, the show with his coach as well, but nobody noticed. That's funny. You're assuming we're actually like following paying the slides. Paying attention, paying yeah. Attention. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so um, before before we move on to some of the actual slides, let's just uh, explain where we're going to get all our information from. So, Matt, you play Cowdron Overlords, but you also play Nurgle. Mm-hmm. Yep, I uh, I mained Nurgle was my main army pretty much um, even before a little bit before the first um, General's Handbook dropped, and uh, so when the general the first General's Handbook dropped, I think it was in 2016. Um, they were my main army before they had a battle tome, and you had to use the Grand Alliance Chaos rules. Um, and then when they got the battle tome, that's when I really ramped up into more competitive play. Ended up doing really well in the uh, 2019 ITC season uh, where I, I was um, the top ranked Nurgle player in the ITC, which is a huge, huge uh, honor. And obviously we know about, you You know, you playing Coward on overalls because we've had you on the show before. Uh, right. Normally we play Barrett Monar um, and stuff. So you've obviously got 
a um, a fair bit of knowledge from both sides there. But uh, Paul, as Paul, you are well known for playing uh, Nurgle, um, yep. but um, you also your channel is called Radio Free Hamel. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you get around a little bit, obviously, but then you, we yeah. know you've also done a little bit of Caradron Overlords as well because you did a nice series yeah. on on the Math Hammer and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I uh, I do have a Caradron Overlords army. Um, I haven't played it actually at all yet because of, <laughs> thanks to COVID, um, <laughs> started that army like right when the new book came out, and then uh, everything got locked down. Um, but I've done a lot of like list building with it and stuff like that. A lot of theory hammer. So I'm at least familiar with the book and how it plays yeah. and all that. Yeah. And uh, how, how long have you been playing Nurgle for? Uh, I picked that up as soon as that battle tome dropped. I was like, I'm all in. Like, this is mm-hmm. an awesome concept. Uh, and I was there. Um, and I feel like the army's only basically gotten better since the battle tome came out. Because it keeps the weird thing about Nurgle is it keeps getting all these additions and stuff. You you mentioned about Wrath of the Avatars and Erdo and stuff. So and it's the same with most of Chaos in some ways. Mm-hmm. Getting these additions. So um it's but, because Chaos has this way of their keywords and work a bit different. Mm-hmm. So they have yeah. their own, you know, Maggot Kitten keyword or Hedonite mm-hmm. keyword, but then a lot of things apply to the Chaos. God keyword, so slash Nurgle and so on. So if you play Chaos, you can draw from so many different sources and so many different books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Nurgle has the extra yeah. one with uh, Skaven, where you can use a lot. Oh, you can use yeah, all the pestilence stuff has true, Nurgle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. One we day play claws will be good. We had some board as well. Um, oh yeah, that's gotten shuffled off to uh, Legends now. There was a time when the Plague Toads ruled everything because they had that four-up uh, DPR, the aftersave or whatever, and people yep. just spam Plague Toads like, and you couldn't kill them, and then they would just come back. Yep. Okay. Um, and so, for the purposes of tonight's show, we are talking purely about armies aligned to Nurgle, as opposed to you know something like a Slaves to Darkness army that might have lots of Nurgle units. In it and stuff. So, um, Maggot King of Nurgle. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just any way that Nurgle could be played, because that would be an even longer show. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, maybe if uh, if this goes well, we might have to revisit this, <laughs> uh, that subject a bit at some point. Um, so, uh, let's uh, get stuck in and talk about some of their allegiance abilities for Nurgle. So the first thing is they have the cycle of corruption. So it kind of starts randomly. You roll a dice, uh, but the, there's only there's seven points on the thing. So the you know the corrupted regrowth you can't start on that, mm-hmm. which yep. is kind of makes Good. sense because it's healing. It's healing, so you can't heal at the beginning of the game anyway. Yep. Um, um, and it cycles through these, you know. Uh, from wherever you start. So if you start on six, you'll go to seven and then to one. Or if you start on two, they'll go to three or to four. Um, and they do different things. So I guess the first question is, is you know, as a Nurgle players, where are you hoping it's going to land to start Not with? three. Not three. And I, la- I roll a three every single time. Three is the worst position to start on. 
I think. Yeah. yeah because I, I think four is probably the worst position overall. So mm-hmm. you get something that's like you're only doing like half of that. So it's doing mortal wounds to your opponent and healing you, but mm-hmm. it's not healing you because you have nothing to heal on the first turn. Mm-hmm. And then the second turn, you're re-rolling enemy battle shocks of one, which like that, yeah. that's not that important. So like really it means unless you do something to move the wheel, you have two turns of basically nothing. Mm-hmm. And on a five, but even the burgeoning, if you do start roll, it's on a five up, it does one mortal wound. And so, you know, it's really not that impactful, but like, yeah, Paul said, it follows right into probably the worst, the worst one. Yeah. Uh, we should probably explain what these are because most of the people watching are probably carried on Overlord's players. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, we mentioned number seven, which is healing. So it's basically all Nurgle units heal D3 wounds at the start of the hero phase. Um, so they definitely won't start with that one. Number one is add two to the move characteristic of Nurgle units. Mm-hmm. That's quite a handy thing in the first battle round if you do get that one to start with. Second uh, bigger, which is number two, is uh, add one to rune rolls uh, in the combat phase. Um, three, which is the burning, which Matt just mentioned, um, is you roll a dice for each unit within one inch of a terrain feature at the start of the hero phase and... Uh, on a five or more, then it suffers a mortal wound unless it's Nurgle, in which case it heals. So one question. Um, if your opponent is also Nurgle, nothing happens. <laughs> oh, you'll find heal. that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the of... things in this book will only apply to Nurgle, and, mm-hmm. or only apply if you're not Nurgle. So it, if you have a Nurgle mirror match, like a lot of weird stuff happens. Yeah, and because... Okay. If it's a mirror match, you use the you both use the same cycle of corruption, don't you? Yes, you yeah. do. So it can't, it can't say like friendly Nurgle because then it wouldn't work. So it'd be, exactly, yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's just one per game. So yeah, or we both yeah. have a wheel. You no, both share the cycle. Yeah, you have oh, one wheel. We both can both we can both uh, manipulate manipulate it. Yeah. Oh, that's a yep. fun game, though. Yeah, it would be interesting. <laughs> But there's also like, lots of other I want things. this. Nah, let's turn it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's cool. There's uh, a lot of other things as well in the like we'll get to them in a bit, but you know, things like the the Narmor and stuff. They mm-hmm. also sort of a, a lot of other things. And even spells, I think. If they hit Nurgle units, it's they just it say Yeah. Do a different thing. Uh, so number four, uh, Plague of Misery is reroll battle shock test of one for enemy units, and then it says excluding Nurgle. So, uh, yeah, and then five is Nauseous Revulsion. Reroll wound rolls of six or more for attacks made by enemy units, and that also excludes Nurgle units, and that's in the combat phase. That so, is so good. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. Not mm. something as a KO player, though, I'd particularly worry about because it's combat phase. Right, of course. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and the, well, the second to last one, because obviously the seven is the last one, but we already did, I did that one first. I, I did them out of order. Uh, number six, rampant disease. At the start of your hero phase, pick D3 different enemy units, excluding Nurgle units, um, within 12 inches of each other, and each unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. So there's no range on that. Because well, well, there couldn't be, because it's just like the, the, the cycle corruption isn't on the board anyway. Um, so, you know. It's like a disease. 
spreading through your ranks essentially mm-hmm. is what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I assume that one, if you get that one, you'll probably be quite happy with to get it. Yeah. <laughs> I once played a game against a, um, a, a free guild army, but this was before the Cities of Sigmar book, and they had the rocket. They went all in on the rocket storm battery, and I rolled a six for my rampant disease, and then just targeted the crew on all three rockets and just killed all the crew, and <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was over on the first dice roll. I felt so bad mm-hmm. for the dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, no, as a, a as a player, there's nothing there. Re- I, to be honest. There's something there that really scares me. The the move is probably the one I wouldn't want you to get. Mm-hmm. Although you're going to be moving fairly quick anyway, which is you know surprising about Nurgle. But because the uh, one inch terrain feature, we're away from terrain features anyway most of the time. Mm-hmm. Because how fly high and hitching works. Not sure if only in the combat phase. To wound. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, I think the most annoying would probably be healing knowing how resilient <laughs> Nurgle is mm. and then <laughs> you finally manage to cause some wounds and then they heal back up <laughs> yeah well the other thing is so you can you can manipulate these a bit yep. although my understanding and correct me if I'm wrong guys but my understanding is you won't see people manipulating it that much um, because they'll be taking other stuff instead quite often well, or doing other stuff before the wrath of the ever chosen which we'll get into gave nurgle all their sub factions the standard mm-hmm. command trait that everybody took was a command trait called grandfather's blessing which allowed you once per game to move the wheel one spot forward or backwards and it happened what was most important at the start of the hero phase so mm-hmm. a common trick would be would be to try to get it on stage five because it's a really pow- generally not against KO but generally it's really powerful where you're forcing your opponent to reroll sixes to wound um, and then at the start of the battle round it would naturally go up to six and then you'd rain a bunch of mortal wounds on things and then you would uh, and since that's at the start of the hero phase and the trait was at the start of the hero phase you would automatically take it back to nauseous revulsion get another round or two of rerolling sixes to wound and then it would tick back to do d3 mortals next turn so you would basically just keep keeping it between five and six if you needed the extra movement maybe you force it to, to one but mm-hmm. basically it was like how can i keep it going back and forth between five and six and that was the oh i, I see Levi. you put it right there at the bottom the command yeah. trait yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the command trait typically you don't see it because of the the new sub sub factions that you got in Wrath of the Ever Chosen. And yeah. uh, it seems like mostly people are taking those. But Pharagenesis, the spell which lets you choose a place for it to go to, that's part of your spell law, but it's not a spell you have to choose. Just all of your wizards know it. So mm-hmm. It's something to be aware of as a KO player that, you know, if they're on six, then there's a good chance then that they might cast that spell to, you know, to put it back um, so that next turn it will be on six again, essentially. Yep. Um, it depends on whatever spells they have to cast, really. Yeah, and what's tough with that is that it's a seven to cast. So mm-hmm. it's not that reliable unless you have... Uh, something to boost your spell casting. Yeah. Although that's a, that's a common theme with the Nurgle spells anyway, isn't it? There are a lot of them on sevens. 
Yeah. Uh, isn't seven Nurgle's number? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. It's all narrative. I see. Yeah. I'd say <laughs> the one that you're most scared of as a KO player here is probably Rampant Disease because they can mm -hmm. target all the, they can just hit your navigator, your chemist um, in the boat. And then mm -hmm. I think that'll combo well with some of the other abilities that you'll see, um, mm -hmm. namely Rodigus, Plague Squall, where you can essentially have table wide, infinite range D3 mortal wounds to things. And so you get a couple mm -hmm. of those popping off and you're taking out some uh, heroes inside the boat without really um, getting around the plus one save and the minus one to hit, so. Yeah. There's a, a lot of ways to do more wounds, it seems, so, um, and a lot of them are at range as well. Right, So, yeah, um, yeah so that's, uh, like, I mean, if, if a Noble player goes first, and then they cast that, and then cast something else, then you could lose your chemist, and lose, which means you could lose spell in the bottle, potentially. Mm -hmm. um, so that could be a big deal. Um, so let's uh, move on uh, yes, to. I agree. To recover that. So the next thing that you have is summoning, which is all about points. Uh, you earn them at the start of the hero phase. Uh, you get free if you have noble units in the Nurgle territory, um, and extra free if there are Nurgle units in you know the non-Nurgle territory and the KO players territory. And then you get one extra per territory if there are friendly noble units in that territory, but no enemy units. So, for instance, if they have the first turn, the noble player, then you'll you won't have any in the KO player's territory because it's you know the first turn, um, and, and it was the start of the hero phase. So you know you can't do any shenanigans to get them afterwards. Um, but you also get an extra one because there'd be no KO units in your territory as well when do you get the trees paul uh you get one at like at deployment or not at deployment mm -hmm. at, uh, you know at setup yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and then if you summon more feculent gnarl maws they come in at the end of the movement phase mm -hmm. okay so you won't uh benefit from the extra points from trees at the you, start of the hero phase you will cool. benefit from one because one of them will be on the table before the game starts yeah the one but it's yeah. probably yeah and no enemy units within yeah. three okay so basically yes. you're hoping to roll uh, a five or a six on that d3 so that you can either which you'll see uh, as lee pointed out at the bottom here summon units cost seven 14 21 28 35 points okay, so um, multiple so you, yeah so for seven points you'll see you can get a tree so you could pop up so you could start you know, on your first turn with two trees or maybe a couple of uh, uh, a nurgling base or whatever. But yeah, but nothing really mm. dangerous on the first turn. It takes a little time to ramp up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The interesting thing about this is, so the tree gives you D3 extra, um, but it's uh, no enemy models within three inches. Now, the interesting thing is it's three inches. So if it was an inch, then like quite often you'd be getting that D3 against KO. Because you know, when you fly high, then you can't land within an inch, but we can land within three inches. So, there's an interesting thing is uh, we can quite easily stop you getting that D3, but then there's uh, when we get onto it in a minute with the, the tree, there's you know, potential getting mortal wounds uh, mm -hmm. as well. So, you the enemy player, the KO player, in our from our perspective, wants to be near the tree, but also doesn't at the same time. Um, so, it forces some decision making. Uh, we mentioned that summoning is at the end of the movement phase, so yeah, no cheeky shenanigans there of 
bring them on mm-hmm. and then moving afterwards. I think I, I understand. The important thing to point out for Nurgle is that the summoning isn't like you're not summoning stuff that is like offensively really powerful. You're not summoning mm-hmm. like huge groups of offensive units or anything like that. Um, what I see most commonly is people summoning like five plague bearers at a time mm-hmm. and so, just dotting those around the board. And that can be really disruptive to a KO player because they're zoning out like your fly high and they're zoning out like your shooting range. Um, and all of those plague bearers are minus one to hit against shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Is actually, is what do you typically summon? Uh, but you've answered that. So, but the other thing is, KO typically relies on killing the models on the objectives, so that we can then get onto them. Um, and you can just summon models onto the objectives. And you know, we don't typically have large amounts of bodies or durable bodies for holding objectives. So, you know, if you summon five plague bearers onto an objective, that could be, you know, very annoying for a KO player. Uh-huh. Right. And stop us flying high onto it. And if we're already onto it with, you know, a ship, you know, there's more bodies. Um, so I assume when summoning within 12 inches of a hero, uh, it needs to be nine inches away from enemy units? Yes. Yes. Does. Yeah. Okay. Yes, or a feculent Naramon max, and something that I've used to great effectiveness. If I have fourteen summoning points, what I will do is um, summon a feculent Naramon twelve inches away from a hero or another feculent Naramon, and then use that to summon mm-hmm. another block of um, uh, uh, plague bearers. So essentially, you have like this Congo line like, summoning, like yeah, Sonic exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, because mm-hmm. you can summon your summon points. Yep. Yeah. So, would you typically do that with a tree rather than a hero? Yeah, I think the first hero you don't start at fourteen, so you would usually use it for a tree. I've also used it when I have a group of Blight Kings and a hero with them. Namely, usually for me, it's Spume and Ten Kings after they've come on, which we'll see later. Mm-hmm. But then I will move and run in the movement phase. And then at the end of the movement phase, summon a tree that's with near Spume, who then gives them run and charge. Hmm. The other thing is, obviously, with Fly High and not being able to land within an inch of terrain, if you're summoning more trees, and put them, it's the same thing as... It's, in some ways, it's not as bad as units because units we have to be nine inches away, whereas a tree we have to be an inch away. Mm-hmm. But we can't kill a tree. Um, <laughs> and we can kill units. So you can, you know, if you summon a tree in the right place onto an objective, that if there's already other terrain around, that could basically stop us ever flying high onto that objective. We'd have to fly high and then fly onto it afterwards, potentially. Yeah. Or, um, it's a problem that could become a huge problem if you don't see it coming and don't know its potential for basically controlling where you go, where the KO player can go on the board, mm-hmm. which is the way the KO wins games is movement and board control. Yeah. And obviously, if you summon trees at the beginning, then they're giving you more points next round. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it, it could very easy just get out of control for the KO player. Uh, before it starts off slow. Video. Yeah, it starts mm-hmm. off slow, but then it ramps up really, really annoyingly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the good thing is, it's very easy for KO to get models into your territory to stop you getting you know, this extra points there. 
Um, yeah, but I think summoning in Nurgle is not as offensive as it was in other armies. I think it's rather... Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with this. You know, takes you yeah. a turn or maybe two turns to even get 7 or 14 points, so... Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not going to throw onto the board, you know, 30 more Black Kings. <laughs> or, no. Yeah. You can't summon yeah. Black Kings. Oh, okay. Only demons. You can only summon demons. Oh, okay. Right. I have in the in the several years I've played this book, I have only ever summoned one great unclean one, which cost twenty eight points, and that was because I was playing another Nurgle player, and I was mm -hmm. earning contingent points on their hero phase as well. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. The, the the Nurgle um, mirror match sounds a bit <laughs> crazy. It sounds very weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Luckily, we don't have to worry about that as KO players. But, <laughs> uh, so that's summoning. And then we mentioned the tree a little bit. So you get a tree with his you know, three little eyes. Not, I guess they're probably not eyes, but they look like eyes. Uh, so in some ways, when you get it, doesn't matter too much for KO player because KO player doesn't have terrain. With other armies, it might matter a little bit because you, know, you get it... Um, you know, sometimes it can it can who gets their terrain first can mat can be important sometimes, but uh, mm -hmm. for a KO matchup it doesn't matter. Um, and you can put it, basically put it anywhere on the board um, yep. as long as it's more than one inch from other, any other terrain. So mm -hmm. that one inch is important because you can you know block off places where I can fly high with my ironclad too. Yeah, pre-game. Um, you can already say, oh, I'm, there's a spot where the Ironclad could go because mm -hmm. of objectives and other terrain. I'm just going to put it in the middle. Boom. Yeah. The mm -hmm. interesting thing is it's before choosing sides. So, yeah. I mean, are you typically putting it in the middle because of that? I would. That's what I usually do, put it in the middle. I usually put it in the middle just because its main benefit against most armies that aren't KO are being able to run in charge within seven inches of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so well, you, yeah, So moving on to the abilities, you mentioned being able to run in charge. So straight away, that is a big buff um, for basically free, because, well, it's free, because you don't pay any points for, for terrain. Um, yeah. And it's only within, not only within, mm -hmm. so... You know, you click one model just within, and then all of a sudden that means you get to uh, run and charge. And there are also ways in this army of, you know, getting the, the command ability um, to run six for free and stuff, and you get other other bonuses to run as well, and also bonuses to charge. And you've got wizards, so you can cast cogs and stuff. So even though a lot of Nurgle stuff is four-inch move, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Ooh, they they're surprisingly <laughs> quick. Yeah, much like Z yeah, just like Zilfin is surprisingly yeah. quick little dwarves. Nurgle is surprisingly quick little uh, uh, decaying uh, demon men. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny when that uh, you know those blight kings look like they move four inches and then they move eleven and charge you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, Paul brings up a good point because the way it's worded is um is in a way that you can move and run and then move and run into range of then being able to charge because it only affects a unit in the charge phase yeah right yeah it, so checking during the charge phase whether or not you can charge 
Mm. So, yeah, so from a, a KO player's perspective, you need to look at where a unit is, then look at where the tree is and go, well, if they run, will they get within seven inches of the tree and then will that let them charge? Um, and then how far will they be able to charge from there? Um, not not yeah. that, are they in, it's not as simple as, are they just close to a tree? Because, yeah, that's easy to work out, is whether they can move on a tree. And then you also have to think, can they summon a tree and that to be put near a unit so that when they run forwards, they will run into range of a tree that isn't currently there? And they only need to be one model within seven inches to be able to make that mm -hmm. run and charge. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, watching out where trees might go and thinking how far units could potentially, what their threat range could be is potentially quite difficult. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, when you, sorry, when you summon a tree, how far does the tree need to be apart away from enemy units? Nine inches. Uh, it's the same. Also, nine inches. also nine inches. Okay, so that's okay. one way you can kind of control where additional trees grow. If you like, mm -hmm. kind of spread out because it cannot be too close to terrain. It cannot be too close to your units. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're almost playing the game that other people usually play against KO. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and then the other ability it has is Sickness Blossoms, which is at the start of the hero phase, roll a dice for each unit within three inches of any effect with armors, and on a four plus, they suffer one mortal wound, and it doesn't affect herbal. Uh, so, I mean, it's only one mortal wound. So it's not that bad, yep. and obviously, if you're within three inches, then you you know potentially you stop you getting D three contagion points. So you kind of almost do have to sort of take that tax in some ways of oh I'm going to take a mortal wound to stop you getting those contagion points. Yeah, well, but what you're problem. putting within three inches of that is definitely going to be a question for KO because if you put mm. like a full ship. Well, now I'm rolling against your ship and the uh, Thunderers inside and whatever mm -hmm. here. Yeah, because it's, it's each unit, so it's not one unit within range. So, yeah, you put mm -hmm. a ship in range, and it's you know the same problem we have with Bender spells is everything inside the ship gets affected, and yep. you know it's not one more wound is not a big deal for an Ironclad, but for your chemist, it is potentially, or for um, you know. My navigator with my Gale Force staff trying to keep yeah. uh, a horde of Blight Kings from charging me. Yeah, that would be <laughs> awful. <laughs> and even just forcing a battle shock test on Thunderers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good point. Really good point. Uh, so, I mean, Whoa. is there anything. On Thunderers, they have two wounds. He... Yeah. Uh, but mean, there could be. Know. You could have one on a wound already and stuff. On their bravery that. seven, so. Yeah. I mean, and they from, can reroll with the yeah. <laughs> uh, on yeah. a stone I mean, bearer, whatever he's called. Yeah. It depends, right? I mean, if they've, if they've been charged and stuff and they take another wound, it, it can get relevant, can't it? So, mm -hmm. it, I mean, we don't like mortal wounds anyway. No, no one but likes, I think no one, likes taking one mortal wounds. wound on a four plus, it's okay. It's not. Yeah, because that's the other thing. It's not a four plus, so it's, I it's almost like. If you the choice between that and giving you contagion points, 
is I'm always willing to take it. I just, you know, if I can make it so I'm only taking it with one model rather than the ship plus everything inside it, then that's better. But trust me, um, I've, I own three feculent Naramas and I've never needed more than that. I mean, there's only been maybe most games. I have three on the board. Most of the time it's two. If I have seven contagion points, um, you know, there are a little bit, there's a, a, I'm summoning five plague bearers. They're infinitely because they simply score points. Yeah. You, there's, there's bigger, you can have, it's essentially a 10 inch uh, line where you can have um, no fly highs. Um, so five plague bearers are going to be infinitely more um, um, scary to a KO player, unless you're worried about a run and charge. That's really, I think the biggest thing that is you're going to be worried about is having blight Kings just rocket up the board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's. Um, so that that's they're the things that are common that all Nurgle armies will have in terms of allegiance abilities. Let's move on to some units that you're likely to see. In Look some at that beautiful armies. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, one reason why I never got Nurgle. It's just disgusting. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's like it's just not my thing. Look at that sexy. Uh, look at his tongue. Uh, yeah. Like, even this. Even like there's a, a a mouth on the end of the tongue and an eye, and then yes. the, the the mouth on the end of the tongue has its own tongue. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> ah, this freaks me out. Uh, no. Okay. So, great unclean ones. Am I? Is it fair to say you don't see them in every army? But oh, definitely not. No. But the, I don't know. When I think of Nurgle, that's one of the things I think of. It was a great uncle one. It's almost like a centerpiece model, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and he's a bit—he's a big old boy. Sixteen wounds, uh, four plus save, five plus damage prevention roll on wounds and mortal wounds. D three healing, um, and also th- they can uh, make you take mortal wounds in the in the combat phase as well. Um, but uh, it's hard to kill, um, and it's, that's a common theme <laughs> amongst your heroes. Um, at least compared to other armies, you know, you, you face it with some armies, and then you've got five wound heroes, like a five plus or six plus save, no DPR, and then you're talking about here hero, you know, yeah. four plus I mean, save, sixteen wounds. And I think you um, KO players might be looking at this war scroll, the things you've laid out here, Lee, 16 wounds, 4 plus, 5 plus uh, DPR. He auto heals three in, or D3 in the hero phase, but what you're not seeing are some of the little accoutrements to how, mm-hmm. uh, how resilient he can be. There's an artifact, the Endless Gift, for every mm-hmm. wound that the Great Unclean One took that, that turn. At the Battleshock phase, on a 4-up, you count up all those wounds he took that turn, and a four up, you heal that many back. Um, there's another artifact that gives him the four plus uh, armor save, rerollable four plus armor save on top of that. Blight Kings have a natural ability on a six. If they're nearby the Great Unclean One, you can heal another D3 wounds. Um, you can use the D3 heal from the cycle of corruption. So you could potentially have a Great Unclean One. You want to talk about like a uh, um, Ironclad healing up and then flying away? You could potentially have a Great Unclean One down almost to death and then boom, 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 a couple things couple dice rolls and he's back up to full health right. yeah i only ever played nurgle with my fire slayers i ran my hearth guard into him i think i caused like three wounds 
<laughs> and we, we, I mean, we spoke about this, how good Hearthguard Berserkers are. Mm-hmm. It's just, nah. And let me just okay. shut this down right now. Plaguewind does not heal the spell that he has on his uh, War Scroll. I have had so many people ask if Plaguewind will allow him to heal himself because he draws a line from his base out 14 mm-hmm. inches. It does not. There's no way. It doesn't work like that. Stop asking that question, please. Yeah. Right. So is that something as a, a KO player we need to be aware of if like someone might try and do? And we, oh. we need to say, look, no, you can't, and get the TR over if they try to? Or is um, it... I think Plague Wind is something that's important for KO players to take note of because it's drawing a line and doing D3 mortal wounds to all units along that mm-hmm. line that aren't Nurgle. So if you put a ship within 14 inches of a great unclean one, you're potentially getting the ship and everything inside it with D3 mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the same, yeah, it's the same problem as the Fecula and Armor that we just mentioned yep. the, and, and the spells. So, um, and the rampant disease on the cycle for D3 mortal wounds. Mm. Yeah. But the uh, the healing himself with it is that like cut and dry? He definitely can't. Is that something that sometimes gets ruled differently in different um, tournaments? Or no, he just like, heals D three every turn. No, with it with Plague Wind. Oh, I've seen that. a lot of people ask that in like WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe more so when the book was new or like, but. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a pretty accepted norm, and I, I'm, I'm sure there's some rule precedent somewhere that would that would stop it. But it just when you draw a line from a from a model to the point of the battlefield, it's not as if it's an AOE which you're in range of. It's not mm-hmm. casting a bubble which you're also in range of. It's from his base to um, you because you don't draw you don't draw the line doesn't pass over. Mm-hmm. The great unclean one. Yeah. It goes from his base out. So I've just yeah. seen a lot of people ask that question, and I just wanted to clear that up. And again, yeah. for KO players who find it, that it just doesn't work like that. So yeah. So if someone tries to do, it, to do it, we need to we need to call them out on it if they try and do that. Basically. Oh yeah, so definitely. That doesn't work that way. Um, so I mean, one of the big things that that I notice about the war scroll, and you might not always see it because it's based on a weapon option, but the bell gives plus three movement mm-hmm. um do you will nurgle players always take the bell or mostly take the bell or um i think if you are playing just one great unclean one you're usually going to take the bell and the bile blade mm-hmm. um if you are or you're going to take rodigus mm-hmm. right the named great unclean one um the alternate build of this with just melee weapons the uh, the sword and the flail i really don't think i have ever seen that outside of a thricefold befoulement list which is mm. their battalion that lets you run three great unclean ones and give them all kinds of buffs yeah um that's the only time i've seen the melee build so i i don't think i've ever even heard of somebody running it um any different than bell and bio blade if they're just running a solo mm. Great unclean one. Yeah. Um, the Bioblade gives you a plus one to cast if you immediately take a mortal wound. You basically, it's called Putrid Offering. So being able to project out plus three movement and then have a plus one to cast where you take a wound, but then immediately heal that wound, at, at least just one of them, uh, it, it's it's going to be infinitely vi- uh, you know more competitive choice than you know four attacks that hit on force. Mm-hmm. So, so yep. 
from a from the perspective of a KO player, he's giving out an aura buff of plus three move. He's hard to kill, and he's a two cast wizard with plus one to cast. Yes, um, and his spell plague wind could potentially be very damaging if you're in your ship. Um, the, the TLDR on him is he's an incredibly durable hero, caster, and support piece. Okay. So my question on him is because Razor Tree Productions in the chat brings up, says he, he's prized so close to Croak, uh, so close to Croak, he must be really right. <laughs> so, I mean, he doesn't look like he's on Croak's level. And he's obviously hard to kill like Croak is. Um, probably actually slightly easier to kill than Croak, depending on how many Saurus are near near Croak. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, like, is he like he's not as it's not as as important to kill him as it is to kill Croak, is it? So, do is it worth a KO player putting in the effort to go for those 16 wounds with the four plus save and the five plus TPR? I would say, from the Nurgle player perspective, if you start as a KO player laying fire into my great unclean one, that's a good day for me. Right. Like, okay. I, I want to do that all day because that's it. It's hard to kill, and mm. like those are shots that are not going into my Blight Kings, and mm. that makes me happy. Okay. So the hot take is: don't shoot the great unclean one. Ignore yeah. the potato. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's I, a big. I think yeah, he just soaks up so much damage, and then he has there's so like I said, it's not just the D three heals on his war scroll; it's the D three mm -hmm. heals from the um, command from the allegiance ability. It's the D three heals from uh, the Blight Kings. It's maybe the D three heal from another uh, Great Unclean One with mm -hmm. Plague Wind. There's just um, there's a num new a number of healing sources that your damage is just wasted. Okay, so if you're thinking, just shoot the heroes, not this one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's move on. Uh, we need to go through these a bit quicker, I think, actually, because we're, we're nearly an hour already. I agree. Uh, so, Pusk Goyle Blight Lords and the Lord of Afflictions. They look Amazing very similar, models. That they are pretty yeah. cool looking, actually. Um, my impression is you don't see these very often. They but, suffer from the same uh, affliction <laughs> affliction uh -huh. as uh, Morgas in a death army or an Osearch Bone Reaper army, but even maybe a little bit more so, where they these guys, they don't have the punchiness that Morgas do, so they can't clear an objective, but then they also can't hold an objective because it's only two models. And they're pretty expensive at 190 points. They used to be, I believe, um, 200 points, and before that, 220. Um, yeah. So... You know, if you took two of them, that was cute. And then if you took four of them, that's almost a quarter. That used to be almost a quarter of your army. And so uh, it was just, yeah, they just didn't really have a role. You know, that 400 points was better spent elsewhere. So they can be a major threat to you. Yeah. Especially um, Karajan Overlords. Yes. Because the thing about them is they're quick. And now they're not that quick on their war scroll because they're 8 inch move and flight but then as we've mentioned you know we've said about how the 4 inch move guys can get quick well you know you've got 8 inch guys you know they and you make them quicker then they're obviously quicker than the 4 inch guys make quicker and then the Lord Afflictions uh, can give them an extra 8 inch to move so double basically doubles their movement because they're 8 inch normally. so that's 16 inch move if you've got a great unclear one nearby then that's um, 
19 inch move and then potentially run and charge as well they're getting places yep um and then they're also because they're nurgle they're hard to kill because they're seven wounds four plus save and they've got five plus dpr as well um but we're not likely to see them are we you're not likely to see them because they're they're more points than blight kings are and they're mm -hmm. kind of occupying the same space in a lot of ways as blight kings like they don't have the kind of utility that blight kings do most of the time so it, people just don't run them because it's like it, yeah. i could spend 190 points on these or i could spend 140 points on five blight kings yeah and the thing is they're quick but you can make blight kings quicker with some of the ways we've already talked about so right. without spending a command point yeah uh so let's it's so funny you're, you're gonna find although that lord of afflictions is a really great hero that has some play because he has the demon keyword so that's and that mm -hmm. comes in handy with some um artifacts that we're going to talk about later but yeah mm -hmm. the common theme in this book is blight kings almost as a currency like well i could buy this but i could also buy mm -hmm. i could also buy this many blight kings mm -hmm. right blight kings are like your zilfin it's like when you write a list in care is like uh, would it be better if it was Zilfin? And it's like, when you're choosing units, it's like, oh, would it be better if I just got Blight Kings? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, so Plague Bearers, you mentioned them earlier about summoning, and you said mentioned that they're minus one to hit. Now, the thing with them is they're minus one to hit in shooting, but it's actually only in the shooting phase. Right. Not that KO anymore have ways of shooting outside of the shooting phase, but um, I guess that could potentially become relevant at some point. Um, but if you have 20 or more models in the unit, they become minus two to hit in shooting and minus one to hit in melee. Yes, they do. <laughs> on the Yeah, on the face of it, they're not that durable because they have a five plus save, but then they do have a five plus DPR on wounds and mortal wounds. So, you know, they get a five plus save after, you know, but doesn't worry about your rend and then you know you're minus two to hit at shooting them as well and then they get to re-roll save ones of one if they're within seven inches of a friendly nurgle demon hero and then if you do kill them a bit uh unmodified battle truck rolls of one uh no models flee and they get to add d6 models to the unit Yes, um, and they have bravery ten. So yeah. even if you don't force a battle shock check, you can still take one and try to get the uh, one. So, so you can, yeah. If you have a ten man unit and you kill one plague bearer, oh, mm -hmm. thank you. I get a, I get a, a sixteen percent chance to get however many plague bears back. Yeah, and Do it's you, also there. There's a funny thing in the wording of uh, that war scroll that it's not returning slain models, it's adding whatever yeah. models to the unit. So <laughs> if you start with 31 dies, roll a Battleshock test of one and roll a six on that die, then you have a unit of 35 Plague Bearers. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you think you get them down past that 20-man unit threshold, and then they add D6, and then they go back to minus two, to hit. I'm just going to check this thing about Battleshock. So, are you saying that I thought you only took Battleshock if you took if you lost models? Yeah, you do. Yeah. 
but you don't you can take i believe i could be wrong i'm wrong plenty of times every day but uh i believe you can take a battle shock check even if it's not possible for you to fail as long as you yeah took absolutely oh, okay yeah. yeah so yeah so you have to have i've just got the rules up you have to have had models slain in the unit that yes. turn yeah yes. um but yeah as you said if it, if it, even if it was mathematically impossible for them to lose anything yeah, you're still, still rolling take the test mm-hmm. yeah you're still rolling it's um, the same that pink horrors do mm-hmm. right exactly with the standard bear and the, on the one they mm-hmm. get d6 mark so the, d6. and then keep in mind when you summon five plague bearers you you're you're summoning it just five plague bearers so you can have the standard bearer, the musician, the champion, the champion doesn't matter. And then two, you know, two regular goons, but really having five plague bearers and then you kill one and then you get D six back. And now, you know, that can be, Oh, thanks for the mm. nearly 10 man squad now. And when you add the D six models to the unit, I assume you can string them out. Yeah. Yep. So where you want, yeah. Onto objectives, zoning out space to stop the ships mm-hmm. landing. Yeah. Into combat. <laughs> mm. into, oh, uh, into range of a hero to get a buff of some yeah. sort yeah oftentimes it's not great just to be like eh okay i'll fire this uh errant drill cannon into the plague bear <laughs> it's often not wise just to throw shots into them just because so just watch out for that yeah because the other thing is you're not likely to hit them anyway because minus two to hit or or if it's five minus one but um i yeah the saving grace with these guys is they don't do any damage much really do they oh it no. takes a lot no. it takes a lot for them to be able to do damage but mm-hmm. typically no so yeah. I mean, they're I mean, one attack each they have a one inch range on their melee weapons and they are uh, so they're yeah, doing but, nothing yeah so they're not fighting in two ranks and <laughs> yeah but they're just gonna sit on objectives and be lots of bodies and hard for care hard to kill. shoot off mm-hmm. yeah and the standard movement is it four? What's that? Um, the standard movement. Four. Yeah, it's four. Yeah, but as we said, they've got ways of getting quicker, so you know they can run onto objectives, and they get they, you know they start within range of the great and green one, then they get that seven, and yeah, so uh, they will get onto objectives. Uh, so let's move on to something we've mentioned. As something you definitely will see in an army. Are you sure? Are you sure you're going to see them? I'm not. (laughs) So, Future Bright Kings, you said they're like the currency of Nurgle. Yeah, I Um, think so. They really are. So, I mean. For a couple of reasons here. Yeah. So, the things that I've noted is, or summarized, is they're four wounds each, which just. Think about that for 140 points, a five man unit is 20 wounds. The 20 wounds for 140 points is actually pretty good. In fact, it's very good. Like, it's I mean, 21 wounds, isn't it? It's, oh, yes, it's and it's 20. actually 21 wounds because the leader gets an extra wound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they have a four plus save, um, which is, you know, decent. They don't get a DPR like most like some noble units do but there are ways of giving it to them and they get plus one to run and charge which obviously if they're running and charging because of normals so and then if you use a command point to make them run six then they're running seven kind of makes sense because it's Nurgle. 
and then if I was watching charge as well, they will get places. Yeah, they do. They um, get everywhere you want to be. So talk to me about why these guys are so killy. Um, is it because of their unmodified hit balls of six become D6 hits, or is it because of other buffs that you typically put onto them, like there's a spell to give them mortal wounds on a six? I, mean, I think they're plenty killy just on their war scroll. Mm -hmm. um, and then the battalion that everybody takes, the blight cyst gives them all rend. And mm -hmm. in addition to that, they also uh, ignore enemy cover, um, which is important for a KO player to know, right? Because mm -hmm. they're, your units inside ships are getting plus one to save, but that plus one to save is cover. Yes. And blight kings in a blight cyst are going to be ignoring that cover. So they're effectively rend two against the guys inside your ships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're fairly killy anyway because, I mean, three attacks each freeze and freeze is not bad. And then when you give them rend, and you give them buffs, um, then they get even killier. The allegiance um, ability to give them, uh, to give the army-wide plus one to wound is amazing. So now they're threes and twos, no rend mm -hmm. one damage. And then as you said, an unmodified six to hit becomes D6 hits. And so just think about that, KO players. Um, if you have uh, five of these guys with each three attacks, that's 15 attacks. That's probably two sixes, maybe three. And those three attacks have the potential to become 18 more. Okay, mm -hmm. you could very well be doing more damage than you actually had the number of attacks on single damage attacks. You know, <laughs> and it, this got eroded because it used to be you could modify that, yeah, but mm -hmm. actually, in some ways, it being unmodified is potentially way better. Better, way because better. for instance, if you've got a group of funders, minus two to hit because you've got a chemist and the funders' ability. And you think, oh, yeah, well, they're minus two to hit in combat. What are they going to do? Well, they're going to roll some unmodified sixes, which are going to mm -hmm. explode into D6 hits. And before you know it, they're actually getting a lot of tax through still. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of different ways to give them uh, re-roll ones to hit as well. So you can be fishing for more sixes. Yeah. Um, and then they can also heal. <laughs> Just... <laughs> So, uh, and do splash mortal wounds, just being yeah. in combat with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's only on a, a six plus, but it's something to be aware yeah. of, I guess, because um, it's for each unit within three inches. So, of course, if they charge a ship, you're rolling a dice for each of your, your ship and each of the models inside. Uh, I guess the impression we're getting is you don't want a ship with stuff inside it getting, getting anywhere near anything Nurgle, really, because... Yeah. Um, uh, something to uh, something to point the virulent discharge is um, any units with disability. So one ironclad wouldn't get two rolls from two separate units. Yes. Okay. Right. Just wanted to just wanted to. So if you're surrounded by three units of five light kings, you're still only getting hit by one virulent. You're not rolling three d six for yeah. the for the virulent discharge. Yeah. Just want to point that out. Uh, so yeah, you need to know. Because there are similar abilities that do similar do this same sort of thing, but have different names. So if it's a different ability, then you will. Um, right. But yeah, so you need to like if if you, I mean, obviously most opponents are going to be playing it correctly anyway. 
but if they're saying, well, you need to roll a dice for each unit in the ship for this, and then another one for this unit, and another one for this unit, well, hang on, are they all virulent discharge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but mainly, the main thing here for KO players uh, with Blight Kings is, yes, they do damage. They can do mm -hmm. a lot of damage. They can put out a, lot, a surprising amount of damage from single wound attacks with no rend, or maybe with rend one. But their thing is how goddamn durable they are. And that durability comes from a variety of different sources. Um, lots of wounds per point. Um, I believe they are, if not the number one point efficient per wound in the game, they're right up there for 21 wounds for 140 points. Um, and then um, because they have uh, access to DPR saves, like you said, because they have potential access to minus to shooting, which we'll see, um, they just, and then they can heal from a variety of sources. You're going to find that they are durable and resilient, but from a number of different ways. So mm -hmm. if you have something that, yeah, say you don't have to say, you know, KO players would hate to have minus to hit, but they're also durable because there's lots of wounds and they heal. So it, no matter what the opponent is, there's always a reason why they're good against it in soaking mm -hmm. damage. Yeah. yeah. And I think the important thing to remember too is that this is like, like people are spamming these right now. Like the lists that you're going to see aren't like a couple of units of five Blight Kings. You're looking at like 50. 45 Blight Kings in a list. <laughs> like you're looking at lists that are like upwards of 200 wounds. Mm -hmm. Like that is, I think, one of the big hills to climb for KO is just the, the sheer amount of meat Nurgle's putting on the table. Yeah. They do get a horde discount, like you alluded to, Paul, 500 yeah. points for 20 for 81 wounds. 500 <laughs> points for 81 wounds yeah. is just stunningly efficient. Yeah. To put that in perspective, I think one of the KO lists we looked at last week was something like 80 something wounds or yeah. 90, something, 90 <laughs> something wounds for a whole list. Um, yeah. I mean, admittedly, it had like two battalions in it, but still. And then you're talking about like, well, one unit could have almost that for a quarter of the army's points. Yeah. The last, uh, the last uh, Nova that I went to, the last Nova Open I went to, my my Nurgle list had 199 wounds, and that really bothered me until I named, decided to name my list. I got 199 wounds, but Zinch ain't one. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know what else to say to that. Okay. So uh, let's move on because. There's so many slides left. <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> so we talked about the big guy, ignoring the Glock King, because you probably won't see him. We talked about the units. Um, um, let's talk about some of the smaller support units. Harbinger of Decay, seven wounds, four plus save, four plus damage prevention roll. So he's hard to kill. Uh, it's only against hard... magic. It's only it's a four-up save against magic. Oh, is it? Yes. Yep. Um, okay. I must have misread that then. So the four plus DPR, he's not getting that on anything else, only on magic. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, that's. That, I feel better about him now. <laughs> I feel like that's fine. Look at this guy. He's on a round base, but he's still going to Kislev. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> poor him. Yeah. He's a bit confused. Yeah. It's what, three 
I don't know what unit of measurement they use. Is it three inches to Kislev or three miles? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, once per battle, the start of the combat phase, he can roll a dice on a two plus. An enemy hero suffers D3 mortal wounds or on a four plus D3 mortal wounds for the hero and one mortal wound for each enemy unit within seven inches. So, I mean, he's got to get in combat with you first. But if you get the four plus on that, and he targets a hero inside a ship, then everything else um, in range, which is the ship and all of its models inside, could get an extra mortal as well, which yep. will be on top of, you know, potentially the other mortal wounds you could be getting elsewhere. We mentioned some already. But the big reason he gets taken is the command ability, is that correct? And yes. the battalion. Because um, he's in a battalion, which is good. Yep. Uh, so the command ability is a seven-inch aura, uh, which is only within, not only within, um, for five plus DPR for wounds and mortal wounds for friendly Nurgle mortal units until the next hero phase. And yep. that was a rata to say it doesn't stack, but obviously with the latest GHP, that doesn't matter because DPR saves don't stack anyway. Um, so he can give Blight Kings a five plus DPR. Yes. So 81 wounds or 21 wounds if it's a 5 line unit um, wasn't bad enough, but now they got a 5 plus damage. And I, I assume it's again just one guy needs to be a toe within a 7 inch. Yes, it's yeah, within, exactly. it's within yeah. not over within. And, so I know not, and I know we're not talking about it, but he can give 20 Chaos Warriors 5 up DPR. He can give 40 Chaos Marauders DPR. Anything mm -hmm. that has the mortal and Nurgle keyword. Um, he gives Archeon, I think Archeon already has a 5-up anyway, but so like anything that's mortal and Nurgle will have a 5-up DPR, but most importantly for this... Uh, um, Archeon has a DPR against mortals. Oh, okay, so, right, so this would be better for Archeon because it's mortals, well, he it's wounds choose, and mortal wounds. Yeah, he could choose yeah. what kind of attack, if he wants to use this or if he wants to use his own 4+. plus. Yeah, yeah, he can use this hmm? on... Yeah. This on normal uh, ones and his four plus on mortals. Yeah, this is a this is a legacy war scroll, as you pointed out, Lee. Um, it's Nurgle mortal, which you're not likely to see going forward. It's uh, within, which you're not likely to see going forward. It's you know, yeah. I mean, I think if we got a new book, this would very quickly change to maybe wholly within fourteen, mm -hmm. and that Nurgle mortal would probably turn into Rob Raiders. Mm -hmm. But uh, so, are you stringing units back into range of him, or is he just following up and sitting behind them anyway? Behind well, one or two seven, units, so he's gonna just hustle up behind your guys anyway. Yeah. What, I, what I'm trying to work out is whether you see like a string of models away from him, um, to then and then a bulk of a unit if I wait. I'm just gonna quickly add Kron to the stream live from. Uh, hey, <laughs> Nope. Oh, well, hang on. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's Guys, what I'm trying to do. Guys, to, uh, just drop in and interrupt. Can I do live from Big GT? Well, uh, um, speak to us. <laughs> oh, so that's what it looks like to actually play Warhammer. Yeah, that's wow. what it's <laughs> like when you actually play a game. So uh, how, well, how long have you got until your uh, next round, or the first round for the day, Kron? Oh, sorry, I can't hear. I can't. Yeah. I can't really hear. Well, uh, uh, how are you going, though? Uh, I'm on. I'm on three wins. 
Yeah. I'm playing. I'm about to play Lumineth. Uh, I got a win, a loss, and a draw. So beat Ideneth, lost to Lumineth, and had a draw against uh, a whole lot of crots, like a hundred plus crots. So yeah, happy with that. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it's working. Yeah, he's he's doing some heavy lifting. Yeah. <laughs> so who you put Kron, You got Lumineth next. Who, who have you got next, Dave? Oh, sorry, I sorry, can't. Okay, hear. Okay, no, even if you can hear us. <laughs> hey, well, hey. good luck to you both. <laughs> See you guys. Gotcha. See you guys. Okay. Uh, what I'm doing now then? Hello. That's what I want. Hi, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's what I need to do. Um, yeah, unfortunately, technical difficulties said they couldn't actually hear us. But uh, no. I, I assume that was uh, Dave uh, Cunning. With Cunnings. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cunnings. Or Cunnings. So Lee, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer the question before Kron so rudely interrupted our stream. Um, <laughs> just I'm just kidding. All the best of luck to him and every all the other KO players out there. Um, you will probably see people stringing units back to him, especially mm -hmm. to get take advantage of lookout, sir. Um, so uh, not only to get the uh, the five up. DPR, but also to get the lookout, sir. Um, mm. And what's interesting to note about the Harbinger Decay as well, uh, like, just like the Lord of Afflictions, he's a mortal Nurgle. He's a mortal man. He's not a demon, but his slightly diseased horse gives him the demon keyword. <laughs> <laughs> so today he has some, both the awesome. mortal and the demon keyword then. Yes, which is important because he has access to what I think is probably the best artifact in the entire game that's not named Spell in a Bottle. Wither stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ah, yeah. We'll talk about that that artifact in a minute. Um, <laughs> basically, he's taken to give that aura of DPR, though, isn't he? For the most, he's part. a he's a very command point hungry hero. You, you mm. there's not a, there's almost not a turn that goes by that you're not using the command point you just generated. So the only excess command points you have are either the one from the battalion or the one that you bought because almost every turn he's using his command ability. Mm -hmm. um, and if you can get the jump on him, if you can take first turn and you can shoot him off the board, nothing else is going to, none of the Blight Kings, none of the mortals are going to have that five up DPR because it's a, you'll like, you'll see with a lot of Nurgle buffs, they have to be, except for the Blight King, uh, the, uh, the um, Plague Bearers, it has to be activated. To be able to be useful. Right. So okay, yeah. maybe we're jumping ahead, but I, I'm hearing it's a good thing to take first turn against Nurgle. It, so oh yeah, so from a KO yeah. perspective, of course I'm not playing Nurgle. <sighs> Jesus, I play, no, but I mean Paul. Paul might have a, a different uh, idea, but the list that I traditionally play as a Nurgle player, um, I want to go first because I want to turn on my defensive buffs. Um, I want to run forward as fast as possible, and I don't care if I get double turned, because I don't care how much damage you do. I don't care how I don't care how concentrated or where you put that damage. You know, I'm gonna bet that you can't kill me. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and double turn me. I need to get my defensive buffs up. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So he's not that afraid of shooting, um, mm -hmm. and that I think that's one of the keys. I think overall, I think. Nurgle is a rough matchup for KO, like because it it has buffs specifically against shooting, 
and is in general just a lot of wounds on the board that are hard to get rid of. So it even if you concentrate fire into something, like it you also have bravery nine or bravery ten on all of your models. So it everything is just really hard for KO to shift. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. So uh, the only question from a KO player's perspective, other than that, then is whether we want to be double turned by Nurgle. I mean because that's part of the mm -hmm. issue is if you take first turn you it's not so much that you don't get the double turn yourself, but you do get double I mean, turned in reverse. They don't have much shooting themselves, I think. Ah, well. Apart from yeah. some heads they yeah. can throw at us. They can uh, throw heads at you. <laughs> <laughs> they're not that bad, I don't think. So <laughs> They're squishy um, heads they can throw. Like softballs. So yep. if I can screen my ironclad. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm I okay think, with a double. I hate... Yeah, um, yeah so just... I'm not trying to jump ahead either, but I think something that KO tries to do, which is play, although some, I guess some, which is so odd because I th I look at KO and I, I think they have to a lot of times play the long game. They they do have shooting, but, you know, we do have shooting, but you can't, some, I think, I think opponents of KO get so demoralized so quickly and then concede. And I can understand that, but if you they they have a hard time playing the objective game naturally. That's what Nurgle does really well. So Nurgle loves playing the long game, and I think KO in a lot of games has to try to play that long game. You have to try to pick your army army apart and then catch up on objectives. Whereas Nurgle is is great. The longer the game goes on, the better Nurgle gets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, yeah. the other thing is is we're getting the impression already of what the army is like, which is. Lots of wounds, hard to kill, and also then on top of that, you have summoning, which though it's not busted summoning, it's like we're taking a long time just to kill stuff, and then you add more stuff to it. Um, yeah. More stuff so is shooting. Yeah. So it just feels like the objective game is actually relatively hard for KO. Um, the only plus side to it is our movement and the way that we move and the, and the tag and go rule set for the game means that because you get run and charge for no but if we take an objective and then leave it because we fly high and we don't have any models on it you can't charge because there's nothing there so it actually removes some of your movement if we if we actually just leave objectives yeah absolutely um, but we can still I mean, summon onto it, and yeah, that can be a problem for you. Yeah, but if you summon onto it, and we've got one model, we've got we leave a hero on it, or we leave uh, not you know a small unit. That it doesn't you know you summon five models onto it, then you're going to outnumber the hero or something or gun hauler. So mm. um, let's move on a bit um, to one of the other support heroes, the Lord of Blights. So there's also seven wounds. That's a common theme because seven, Nurgle, yada, yada. Um, he gives a shooting attack, which we just mentioned briefly, um, to Blight Kings. Um, they have to be within three inches of him, and they get to throw heads at you, which is a 14-inch range, one attack each, four plus, three plus, no rend, one damage. So it's it's not scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's yeah, his head his... is a uh, his head is Ren three D three, so it's a pretty de yeah. it's a pretty punchy 
uh, 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 head that he can he can hurl. So it has a yeah. helmet on the one he hurls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he throws one of a helmet on, and he gives the Black Kings like half rotted ones. Right. The, the reason why the reason why you're going to see him is one because he's required to play the Blightsist, and mm-hmm. all B um, his command ability is the same thing as the Plague Bears. It's minus one to shoot or minus two to shoot and minus one to melee attacks based on the number of models in the unit. And that mm-hmm. does stack with the Plague Bearers ability. So yeah. a, a unit of 30 Plague Bearers could potentially be minus four to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minus four to shoot and minus two to hit in melee. Or you can make like yeah. minus one or minus two to hit, depending on how many is in the unit yep. in shooting. Um, and that you're 21 inches like, away. It's getting to be more and yes. more popular. And that's within within 21 inches. Like it's a big aura, but it's not wholly within. Who wrote this yep. book? <laughs> like. Jazz Paz. <laughs> I don't know. Gary knows. Gary knows who wrote this book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so you take him for his command ability. So. That's two heroes now that want to use a command ability against mm-hmm. KO, because both of those are good against KO. Um, I'm getting some some really strong feedback. Does yeah, anybody else hear that? Same here. Yeah. It's not me. I can't hear it. Is it me? It's a cloud of flies. Yeah. You are the feedback. <laughs> oh, I can't hear it. So can you guys? No, it's all. It's no, gone. It's gone. It's gone. Oh, it was okay. like probably a, a phone or something. Okay. Um. Uh, Let's my move phone on. was on my desk near my microphone, so it could have been could have been that. Um, I moved it away. So yeah, so command point hungry is one weakness I'm seeing here from a Nurgle army perspective. So you want to be using both these command abilities each turn. So do you Nurgle. often buy an extra command point in your list? Fairly if awesome. I have the points, yeah. Hmm. Um, but you are getting a bonus one for taking the Blightsis Battalion if you yeah. if you do. The competitive Nurgle are taking a battalion, whether it's one of two. You're taking a battalion for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If you had to choose as a Nurgle player, you got one command point. Do you use his or do you use the the, uh, the Harbinger? Would it be Who's the my opponent? Who's my opponent? It gets KO. Yeah. Okay. Who am I targeting? Doing. Like what you like you have? The, yeah. What 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 unit am I targeting with the command ability? Am I hitting uh, a unit of ten blight kings, or is it a unit of uh, five plague bears? You know, making a unit okay. of five plague bears that are on a crucial objective minus two to shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. or if it's all right, say it's a unit of five blight kings, right? Right. You make a unit of five blight kings minus one to shoot, or a five of DPR. Like that's a really tough call honestly like that's something that you'd have to make what's shooting me at that point would it be better to for them to be minus one to hit or would i rather have a dpr save mm-hmm. yeah the other thing is how many units you have in range of the harbinger totally that's popping multiple units uh, whereas the lord of blights is only one unit totally. um, so uh, some tough choices and you but you have i mean having a choice is good though um yeah it, that's one of the strengths here is that you know you have multiple command abilities that are worth using. So even if you get that one key hero blown up, 
uh, there's a backup somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've talked about a lot of units and heroes now. You've mentioned in passing the Blightsist Battalion. Mm -hmm. So just very quickly for the, for the people that can't see the screen because this goes out on a podcast at some point. The Battalion is one Lord of Blights, three to six units of Putrid Blight Kings, we said how good they were, naught to one sorcerer, and naught to one harbinger of decay. So now you have an idea of why we told you about <laughs> him and those two heroes and the Vikings. Yep. Uh, we didn't mention the sorcerer, though. So, I mean, my impression is he's just a wizard. Is that the yep. little guy with, like, the scrolls in the hand? That age-old yes. model? Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Still metal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> His his native spell is within seven inches. It can do three mortal wounds, okay, mm -hmm. but it's within seven inches, so it's a short-range vomit attack. And he does have access to a few really good spells, namely Blades of Putrefaction, which give a unit on a six to hit mm -hmm. uh, a, a mortal wound. Ironically, it's a legacy spell because it's not only six plus to hit, but it's friendly unit, not Nurgle unit, not friendly Nurgle unit, friendly unit. So if you're playing a team mm -hmm. tournament and you put <laughs> this on 30 witch elves or <laughs> um, um, or arrow boys in uh, um, uh, uh, the um, bone splitters, it can get nasty. But So he's got some nasty spells he can use, but he's a, uh, what, a five wound mm -hmm. uh, mortal sorcerer with no DPR save, so he's just a wizard. So if you if he's in if you, a KO player comes up against a blight list and the sorcerer is there, is it fair to say the sorcerer is there either to save drops or shave some points compared to taking a different wizard? Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. It's another one of those things that I'm perfectly happy if you start shooting that. Okay. Um uh, Age of Nagash is in the chat. He's saying he's about to leave. So thanks for watching, Age of Nagash. Um, he does a cool YouTube channel as well, so go check that out. But after the show. <laughs> um, so the Blights Battalion abilities, because normally we take a battalion, it's because you want the cool abilities from it. Uh, it all drops. Uh, so the first ability is Endless Bounty. Um, basically says that when the Lord of Blights... Um, gives uh, heads out for Vikings to throw. He can give it to all of the uh, units in the battalion that have within three inches, not just one unit. Mm -hmm. But it's, mm -hmm. I mean, okay. Uh, yeah. Said the, sh the shooting attack is not great. So um, supremely blighted weapons uh, is what, something you mentioned earlier. So basically it gives putrid Vikings blighted weapons minus one ring. Um, so makes him a bit more kiddy. Um And then blights on the landscape in the combat phase, enemy units do not receive benefits for being in cover against attacks made by this battalion, which is something Paul you mentioned earlier. You know, so blight kings in this battalion targeting models inside the ship, they don't get cover and they've got minus one rend, so it's almost like they've got minus two rend. Yeah. Um, or the or them basically not being in the in the boat, but the, you're still getting your minus one to hit, so a little bit, you know, you're not losing out on everything. But also, if we're talking so many Blight Kings, like 50, 60, that first endless bounty ability is not bad, it's a lot of skulls. Being it's only weird, 
three inches of your Lord of Lights, though. So it mm-hmm. it tends to not really be a thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I can see why people take this battalion because three abilities, two of which are very good. One which you know corner case, or if you happen to have lots of models in range of the hero, it's sure. weight of dice at the very least. Um, and you know you get three to six units that can be battle line. Or are they are they just basic battle line? Yep. Yes. Basic battle line. One hero you have to take, but he's a good hero because he gives a good buff. Um, and then a couple of optional heroes, one of which is, you know, has a very good ability. And then another one, which is a wizard, which, you know, you might want to take a better wizard, but it's a good battalion. So I can see why people are taking that. Is there anything? And it's very easy with this. Like, it, it's kind of checking all the boxes for you if you're mm-hmm. running a Light King heavy list. So, I mean, you could very easily just run a one drum mm-hmm. and be totally happy with it, not sacrifice anything. How yeah, many have... points is this battalion? 140. There's a lot of 140s in Nurgle. So, I've been playing Nurgle for a very long time, and I remember when this battalion was 220 points when the book came out. Yep. So, when the book came out, I was very, there was a lot of people, oh my God, Vikings get rend that's amazing that's all they saw and everybody took it i was very anti blightsis battalion in fact i never ran it in any of my competitive lists because i looked at it and said okay there's 220 points for the battalion and um 140 points for the lord of blights it's 360 points to get blight king's rend and at that time grim gas reaper spam was the hot shit and so i was not going to spend 360 points for my army for my thing my main ability to be negated by either seraphon or grim Grim gas reapers or anything that ignores ren once um Mm -hmm. so uh i i wasn't too hot on blightsist but nowadays it's it is very good because um you know unless you run up against night haunt which, you know, they're yeah, they're not exactly tearing up the meta, are they? But, it, exactly. Yeah. So but still, it, it's just the drops that you reduce. Yeah, yeah I never no really cared what about abilities. Yeah. <laughs> it's a command yeah, point yeah. and drops. Yeah, yeah you get yeah. a command so, point. So that basically says it's ninety points. Hundred forty right. point damage, but you get fifty point command point. Um, and because you can only buy one command point, but we've already seen your command like hungry to want to spend these command points. Yes, um, very much you so. Can't buy but something, will... something important to note here, too, is that in this army, typically the Lord of Blights is not really that good. It is good, particularly against KO. So you're mm-hmm. taking something like a hero that's ordinarily basically a 140-point tax, and against KO, it's actually useful. Mm-hmm. So they're almost running like 140 points up on you. Right. The exactly. the thing the current match at the moment is quite heavy on shooting, but a year ago, yeah, he you could you would very much consider him attacks and you know, a year now a year from now he would be more of attacks than he is now and there are, you know, some things in the meta that where they're shooting at like sentinels, it doesn't really matter if they're negative to hit. First of all, they won't be you won't be ranged yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Don't matter. The range thing doesn't matter because um, it's he buffs a unit rather than debuffs an enemy unit. So mm-hmm. um, 
I nearly went on the wrong track there, but they they're just trying to look for fives and sixes. So it doesn't matter if you're then negative to hit for someone like Sentinels. So right, exactly. It's KO, yeah. It's a it's a, an amazing ability. Um and there's quite a bit of KO in the match at the moment. Shoot cast. Um mm. whose fault is that? Well, there's a lot of KO in the metal. Uh -huh. It's almost like there's a show like encouraging people <laughs> to play KO. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, a one-drop army with three heroes and six units for 140 points. That's you know worth taking almost on its own. So it used to, but like I said before, it used to be 220 points, which I thought was maybe a bit overcosted, but still fair for what it does. 140 points, in my opinion, like not I'm trying to be rude. It's just silly. It's just silly. I'm surprised on the initial release it wasn't 210, just to be multiple of seven. No, oh. so, four <laughs> nominations of ten. It's how old this book is. Yeah, it is. Oh, this is yeah. the. This is the oldest uh, legal battle tome in the game right now. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the, uh, a sub-faction, which is... So, because we talked about, first of all, allegiance abilities that everything gets, uh, every Nurgle army. Talked about some common units. And because we just talked about a battalion, we're now going to talk about one sub-faction that is typically used with that battalion. And then when... It, Later, we'll then move on to a different battalion and then a different sub-faction. So we can talk about all these things together. Uh, so the Blessed Sons comes from Wrath of the Everchosen, but you can take it without breaking Nurgle allegiance. You don't have to be some sort of weird Wrath of the Everchosen allegiance. You know, you still know. It's, it specifically says that at the top of the Wrath of the mm -hmm. Everchosen rules, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you get a few different things. First of all, it makes you, uh, it gives you an ability, first of all, which is roll a dice each time a friendly Blessed Sun's Rockbringer model is slain in the combat phase. And on a two plus, the attacking unit suffers a mortal wound. If the attacking unit has the Nurgle keyword, heal one wound allocated from the set. So don't worry about that <laughs> if you're KO. But what has the Rock? Do, do Blight Kings have the Rockbringer keyword? Yes. Harbinger of okay, so. Decay, Lord of Blights, the Sorcerer. Basically, mortal Nurgle units that are not Slaves to Darkness units okay. are Rotbringers. The saving grace here is it's combat phase. And so, models. Mm, right, so roll a dice each time, friendly. I'm not sure what your point is. Oh, yeah, because Mod, the model is slain. So it's yeah. every time a model is slain. So, yeah, your people are taking lots of Blight Kings, but... Um, it's not as if you're going to be, you know, rolling 20 dice a turn and two up taking a mortal wound. It's more of a slow attrition chip damage sort of thing. Yeah. This is not the reason why you take this uh, sub faction. No. For most KO players as well. It's not it different. No. No, it's because um, we're going to be trying to shoot you. Uh, Max, you're currently building Sky Wardens. To planes on, so I imagine you wouldn't yeah. like this too much. But uh, I mean, it's going to be likely one or two mortal wounds at most because actually, killing blight kings is not that easy anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going to kill ten in a turn. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, one in the combat phase. <laughs> well, I'll just ram them with my boat in the charge phase. So yeah, yes, <laughs> kill them. Yeah, kill them in the charge phase. <laughs> 
but your bombs you know your bombs could trigger you know you you, you uh good yeah you you shoot uh a blight king down and it's got one wound left and then you're charging yeah I'm, I'm, I'm here i'm listening to understand how to actually play against this army because mm -hmm. so far i only heard bad things <laughs> okay. uh, in general it's a bad matchup for ko so yeah. don't 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 get down like i'm talking to mo all the other ko players out there don't get down mm -hmm. when you see your matchup against nurgle just get smart and know what to target yeah um so i mean we, we're given some indication there anyway so like don't target the great Cree one you might want to look at trying to kill like the harbinger of decay or the or the lord of blights um and then well when it comes to choosing between units you're probably only likely to see one anyway. <laughs> so uh, um, the command trait you have to take. So you're you won't be able to, you know, manipulate the wheel with Blessed mm -hmm. Sons, and that's um, called Foul Conqueror. Once per turn, you can use at the double command ability, which is the one that lets you automatically run six from the core rules on a Blessed Sons Rockbringer unit within twelve inches of this general without spending any command points. So good. Just so good. So you can run and charge if you're within range of a tree or you run run into range of a tree because you don't have to start in range of a tree. And then you get to run six without using a command point, which is really good because you want to spend your command points on other stuff. And you get plus one to your <laughs> run rolls naturally. Yeah. Yeah, the Blight Kings will get plus one anyway. Um, and then you get a command ability as well. Uh, which is at the start of the combat phase, you pick one uh, rock, Blessed Sun's Rockbringer Holy within 14 inches of a Blessed Sun's Rockbringer Hero um, with this command ability. Then at the end of that phase, pick one enemy unit that suffered any wounds or mortal wounds inflicted by that unit in that phase. And then if the combined number of wounds um, or mortal wounds that they suffered is greater than the bravery characteristic, they suffer an extra three mortal wounds. So basically, they put this command ability on a unit of Blight Kings, they charge a ship, and if they do in total more damage than the bravery characteristic, you take an extra three more wounds. Yes. Do you use that much or I have literally you... never used this. Right, okay. <laughs> I enough. think it can be good, but typically the stuff that has low bravery that is gonna guarantee triggering it three additional like a horde of grots or something or you know a cloud of arcanas having an additional three die is typically not worth a command point especially when you have to spend the command point before you know it's going to actually go off yeah, yeah. If, mm -hmm. if i could if i could if a nurgle player could use this after damage is done say you know pick a blight king unit and uh they do three additional mortal wounds if the damage they did is great you know if you could be certain it would go off it would be a lot better i think but uh, lee as you yeah. said army is command point heavy as it is so spending a command point for something that might not even happen is not smart hmm. the other thing is it's you have to pick one of your units and then it's damage that unit does as opposed to just pick an enemy unit and if they suffer more more wounds, yes, you have to do all your damage with one unit, as opposed to like you can't just say pick the chemist and then if it takes enough wounds from like the gnarl or plus so a spell plus something else plus something else, then it all of a sudden it takes an extra three. Mm -hmm. It's it's all got to be done by uh, one particular unit. Yeah, um, and it's in combat as well, so it's you know you can't add on spells and stuff. Um, so yeah, not likely to use that. 
Um, and then the artifact is blot shell bile plate. You have to take it. Uh, there's no way of getting around it. Um, and it's reroll save rolls of attacks that target the bearer. So that's actually pretty good. For attacks artifact, you can't get it's a good one. Yes. And note that it says Blessed Sun's Hero, not a Rotbringer hero. So your great unclean one that is part of a Blessed Sun's <laughs> army is not mm. you can so you can put this on a great unclean one, even though he's not typically a mortal that you would see getting uh, uh, hit by, you know, uh, taking advantage of mortal buffs. Mm -hmm. Same thing so with all conqueror as well. Like you can yep. have your great unclean one be your general uh, and have that command trait. Yeah. And that's the reason why you take this Blessed Sons, because you have uh, a big unit of Blight Kings or several units of Blight Kings and you want to rocket one up the board automatically. They're moving. All right. So, and you're like, okay, it might not be automatically um, obvious, but you, your Blight Kings are moving four inches. And then if they're near the Great Unclean One Bell, that's plus three inches. And then if the cycle of corruption is on stage one, that's plus two inches of movement. And then all of a sudden they're running six inches guaranteed, but they get plus one to their run rolls because of the musician. Um, perhaps you have cogs, perhaps you don't. That's still 16 inches of movement. That mm. And then if you run towards a tree, you can then charge and they get plus one to their charge rolls because of their musician. So all of these little sources of movement add up to being just this insanely large, hard to kill unit that might do some damage to you, but really mm. it's just about here. Here's maybe 40, maybe 80 wounds at a four up save, maybe have a DPR, maybe they're minus one to hit in melee and uh, just they're right in your face. Good luck, have fun. So yeah. one thing that's just occurred to me before we're gonna move on to a list example in a second, but one thing that's occurred to me is this battalion is likely to be low drops. So we might not get the choice of who goes first. You probably want to go first as a Nurgle player because you just want to run forwards and get on objectives and have 200 mm. wounds that KO we're going to struggle to go through. You're going to put that feculent Narmor down probably in the middle of the table. Mm -hmm. One thing a KO mm. player can do is make sure that you don't deploy near the Narmor. And it will, it's very difficult to actually... Because they only have to be within seven inches of the normal, and that's only within, so only one model has to be within. But, you know, if you can make sure that you're deployed uh, 12, 7, plus 17, plus charge range, yeah, if you, you can make sure that you're like 18 inches or something from the normal, then the chances are that if they run forwards, unless they get those three points from their D3 to summon, a different normal than you know the normal KO trick of deploying in a corner is probably quite safe turn one. Oh yeah absolutely um no like they're fast but they're not that fast and <laughs> if it's sometimes from a KO player's perspective on a battle depending on the battle plan rather than being in the corner you want to be in the middle and have like a semicircle around you but against Nurgle if you know their tree is in the middle and then that means your screen is you know on the line or you know the front part of the circle is you know that means that by the time they run and stuff they will be in charge range and in range of the normal so on those ones where you 
you know, where you would normally want to go in the middle, go, you know, go for the corner. Here's the thing, though. So not only does Nurgle want to go first uh, because they want to get those defensive buffs up, if you can outdrop them, um, mm. you can, and you do a spell in a bottle, uh, the KO players have an incredible ace up their sleeves. Warp Lightning Vortex will quite literally take seven inches of movement away for mm. a unit, for an army that is taking advantage of the Foul Conqueror trait. So sure, the damage is nice. They're likely to heal some of it back. Um, you might kill a Blight King, um, which I think would be helpful. Um, but uh, uh, really, stop being Warp Lightning Vortex, stopping running just flat out. You're taking seven inches of moving away. And if you're a Mornar player, which I hear the most handsome, smartest KO players are Mornar players, they uh, you can actually shut down half of their charge as well. So um, so you can, if you do have that combination, you can really stop the Nurgle train right in its tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the War Lightning Vortex stopping running is huge in this matchup. Yes, um, absolutely. Does Nurgle have any ways of teleporting or deep striking? Yes, deep striking we'll, get in a teleport now. <laughs> we'll get to deep striking in a minute. Um, but there, is, <laughs> yeah, there is one, um, but there is no teleporting, luckily. Uh, so let's look at an example. Oh, no, we haven't. Before the example list, there's, some other thing. there's another one. How many um, slides did I put? 21. We can um, run through this one pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it must be 21. Yes, so uh, notable spells and artifacts for Blight, Cyst, Sass, Blessed Sons lists. Blades of Putrefaction, um, so on a, it's a spell. Cast on a 7, you pick a friendly unit within 14 inches until your next hero phase. Hit rolls of 6+, plus, uh, which is modifiable, um, do a mortal wound in addition to normal damage. So, uh, yeah, you can put that on your Blight Kings. And they're stuck, and they're going to do more wounds. Uh, there is an FAQ to clarify that if they get the six from their war scroll ability, doesn't make it D six mortal wounds. Mm -hmm. It's only one mortal wound, but then it's in addition. So then they still get the D six extra attacks. You still roll the wounds and save rolls for all those other attacks as well. Yes, yep. six has suddenly become very important if you've got that spell. Uh, the other spell on here we've got is Favoured Poxes. Cast on a 7, because Nurgle, 7. Uh, enemy unit within 14 inches, because 14 is a multiple of 7, Nurgle. Uh, subtract 1 from hit, wound, and save rolls for that unit until the caster moves or attempts another spell or is slain. So if you cast that on an Ironclad, and then it makes it minus 1 to hit and wound and save... That's huge. Mm -hmm. And that can potentially last all game. Yes, yeah. it can. Um, or, and even you know, if you even if you the ironclad got tagged with that and then flew all the way to the other side of the board, it would still be minus one to hit, wound, and save as long as that caster doesn't move or attempts to cast another spell. Mm -hmm. It follows mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing is, though, favorite poxes is it's a relatively short range. It's 14 inches, which isn't mm -hmm. terribly long, and it's in the hero phase, so it's you can't you typically can't move into 
range and then hit something with it. So, um, you know, Nurgle, the support heroes, the sorcerers, the Guo, they're typically, the great unclean ones, sorry, they're typically not right up on front. They're not running forward on the front lines. They're hanging back a little bit, being a support hero, um, maybe sitting on an objective. Um, so, you know, this is has potential to be great, but I honestly think there's a better demon spell out there that would hurt Caradron Overlords way more, which is the Glorious Afflictions. Cast on a five, 21 inch range, uh, half move, run, charge mm -hmm. rolls, and that unit cannot fly. We have that coming up. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to jump ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I can't, because I don't think we have that in the example list. Do, would you normally put Glorious Afflictions in a Blightsis list? Well, it can only be on a Demon Wizard, so only if you have a Guo. Right, okay. Great and clean one. Sorry. Yeah. Um, just trying to work out if I made a problem. I'm just wondering now whether I made a problem with the with the screen share or if it, or if it is definitely coming up later. And there's. Uh, I'm also the guy who pronounces "fac" as in a word and not "faq." So. Yeah. <laughs> I speak in acronyms. Uh, one thing about favored boxes is if we're talking about a KO player if they get the opportunity to go first, might want to go first, is you might want to, if you know a wizard's got favored boxes, you might want to think, unless you're going to kill that wizard, you you don't necessarily want to put something important within 14 inches with your flying high and that sort of thing. Be aware of that. If a wizard, if you say, if there is a great and clean one, because, you know, we said great and clean one is something you probably aren't going to want to target because it's very hard to kill. You don't want to be within 14 inches of him because he's got plus one to cast and then you know puts out on your iron clan that's not good um so some notable artifacts uh the wither stave which i think max mentioned earlier where mm -hmm. he said what it did so it's re-roll hit rolls of six for enemy units while they're within 12 inches of the bearer so yep very annoying <laughs> on hearthguard berserkers with pole mm -hmm. axes <laughs> which trigger additional mortal wounds on a six. Plague monks, demonettes, um, anything that does a uh, other Nurgle with Blades of Putrefaction. <laughs> yeah. So from a KO perspective, it's not too bad. Drill cannons. Too bad if you can reroll hits anyway with a gold. Yeah. Yes. Drill cannons, you're going to suffer some, uh, you know, when you get that lucky six on the engine riggers. Drill cannons are going to be shooting from more than 12 inches away, most likely. True. So, that's the, and we, yeah, we're not fishing for sixes other than drill cannons, really. Or, you know, potentially fives, if it's a gun uh, Typically, no. where the Wither Staff is really nasty against KO is going to be that, like, when you have minus one, maybe minus two to shoot, and then you roll. You know, you need fours instead of threes, and then some of your sixes you have to roll, and it's a now it's a 50-50 chance whether you fail. You know, so it kind of cuts some of those hits out of there. One of the things about negative modifiers to hit is is a natural roll of six always hits, but you're re-rolling that natural roll of six mm -hmm. to then something that could potentially fail, and then a modified roll of six doesn't always hit. A modified roll of six can fail if you've got enough negative modifiers. So natural rolls of six, so you can minus four to hit, and and you're within twelve inches or something with a weather stage. You're just not doing anything. <laughs> uh, Paul, you look like you were trying to say something a second ago. Um, I, I think what we're 
um, I think sort of building up here is that when you are up against Nurgle, you definitely want to stay out, out of range of a great unclean one. Mm-hmm. You want to stay out of range of a hero with the wither state. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, there are certain things that you just want to continually keep your distance from. And I think that one of the big things in general with playing against Nurgle is like, if you can kind of like keep them away from you, um, it can, it, it can be good. Um, mm-hmm. it, like their real threat to you as a KO player is getting, um, getting your Blight Kings into combat and then going mm-hmm. after your ships. So if you constantly keep them away, they're, mm-hmm. you're going to be avoiding combat and all of these other abilities. Um, mm-hmm. But you might have to end up sacrificing some shots to keep at longer range. Yeah, you you'll definitely be sacrificing shots because if you want to be out of more than twelve inches away from the wither saves, then you're losing your your twelve inch shooting on an ironclad is forty five to fifty percent of your damage potentially. That's um, a re- that's a really cerebral point, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other problem is if you want to keep out of charge range. Well, we just talked about that they can buff up to like 16 inch move. So <laughs> you're going to end up in combat. The, um, we've got 24, some 24 inch range guns, but no, at some point you're going to get charged. Um, you can kite potentially, you know, if, you, if you've if got a lot of ships, you've got more 24 inch range guns, or you've got a lot of endomagus for shooting, you can, you know, you can be quite far away. Or you can, and you can make sure you're away from the Narmors. So that they can't get the run and charge, but at some point we need to be getting onto objectives. I know a lot of this is, seems like it's leading up to doom and gloom for for Ko, but uh-huh. I think the one thing that K, I think the one thing that Ko does have going for it against Nurgle is that you is that our innate ability to be able to put damage wherever we want. We don't have mm. to fight through a wall of twenty blight kings to get rid of the defensive buffs. We could just shoot mm. shoot the the buffs off as long if you have the damage, have a little bit of luck on your side, or you're smart with your gold. Um, you don't have to fight through 81 wounds. You can just shoot mm. over them, um, and that's the innate strength of of high movement with the ability to to shoot. Um, you know, sh- your damage is coming from that. So if you're smart with your targets and you're you know, heady with your decisions, you can negate. You can undercut a lot of the stuff. Nurgle simply is a great matchup against KO, but a smart KO player will can undercut a lot of the bonuses. Yeah. And, and also, like, if you go after the units that are not in the buff radius, mm-hmm. and you're basically saying, you know, you wasted a command point. Like, it doesn't do anything. Like, yeah. it... Yeah. it it makes your target selection important. Like it's going to be tempting to go. Like if you have like a unit of twenty blight kings backed up by a harbinger of decay, it's going to be really tempting to go after that. But you're probably better off going at like the corners and chipping off like five model units of blight kings to clear objectives, and just basically like taking that five hundred point unit of four, uh, twenty blight kings. And you're saying you're not allowed to do anything with that this game. It's just going to stand on an objective. A quarter of your army like nothing. That's a really yeah. smart point, Paul, because a lot of Nurgle players will take that 20-man unit of Blight Kings with a 16-inch move and charge and throw it up in the middle, but then KO could just fly away. And then, you know, a gun hauler and six engine riggers. Cool, that's a nice objective you have with five Blight Kings. I'll take it from you. And then, mm-hmm. 
you know, and yeah, and then you charge me and then I just fly away again and you can avoid, you don't have, you're not forced to attack that unkillable wall of Blight Kings like some armies are. The other thing is if you go to a corner or the flank and you kill the five Blight Kings um, that are there potentially, then the big unit of 20 is like, well, do I stay where I am or do I try and charge that thing that's in the corner? You charge the thing that's on the flank and in the corner. We fly over to the other side, and then they're stuck in the corner. Now they can move; they've got fast movement. But um, if they they could potentially charge out of range of some of the buffs, so they charge out of range of the guru, so they lose that three inches. There's no um, wall over there unless they summon one. But then they've got to have another more or hero nearby to summon one over there just to get their 20-man unit back into a, a useful place in the in the game yeah um, yeah it's the classic hearthcut berserker problem you have mm-hmm. your 20 guys they run into one direction and now you, you spend two rounds getting them back in action <laughs> yeah it's the, uh, it's the, the curse of slow moving you have slow moving units mm. so yeah they, the thing is they can be quick but situationally quick in this case. So uh, the last thing we had on here was the Rustfang artifact, which my impression is the Wither Save is more the popular pick. But the interesting thing about the Rustfang is at the start of the combat phase, you pick an enemy unit within three inches and then you subtract one from save rolls for that unit until the end of the battle. And it doesn't stack with itself, so you can't pick that unit twice, but it's the end of the battle. And mm. if you can combine that with favorite boxes, a, a um, unit can be minus two to their save rolls to the end of the battle potentially. Vikings um, have rend. Is this something I can put on the flying hero and just send him forward to minus one yes. save someone? Yep. Yes, I believe that did used to be a, a, a bit of a play a few years back. Uh, yeah, you see, I'm, I'm a few years behind. <laughs> well, and then you combine that with we we didn't talk about the war scroll, but I love Festus the the leech lord and his spell mm. is a. Uh, um, a 20 inch range spell that's minus one to save for the rest of the battle. Mm-hmm. So you've got Rending Blight Kings uh, with a Rust Fang and Curse of the Leper, Festus's mm-hmm. spell, and Favored Poxes. If you wanted to, you could start making some basically Blight Kings that are just doing mortal wounds. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the Rust Fang isn't once per battle, is it? So it's yeah. every combat phase potentially. So even though yeah. it can't stack if you're in combat with the same unit, you know. If you're in combat with a ship, then you can put it on the ship. Next combat phase, and it's the combat phase, not your combat phase, isn't it? Yes. So the Nurgle players' combat phase are put on the ship. The KO players, if they don't fly out, or uh, then they put it on a unit inside the ship. And then they, mm. then the next phase, they put it on a hero inside the ship, and then another <laughs> hero inside the ship. And before you just know it, like you've got multiple units that aren't benefit from cover, because of the Blessed Suns. Mm-hmm. They're minus one to their save rolls. One of them's potentially got minus one to... Multiple units are minus one to save. The Nurgle units have got rend, and then potentially another one's been hit by favoured boxes. And maybe Crazy. it's Festus as well. Um, and KO stuff is not that durable. We can re-roll saves, but re-roll saves when you're saving on a six is... <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. It's not great. Uh yeah. Uh, a couple of questions from the chat before we move on. Uh, Aaron F asks, are there any screens here? He's not hearing screens. We're not really talked about screens. I guess you can use Plague Bearers as screens? 
Sure. Yeah, I but mean, so many errors using his screens. I think that's usually what you're going to see. But most of the time, when you run up against a Nurgle list, like at a tournament right now, you're probably just going to see like a crap load of Blight Kings and <laughs> a couple of heroes. Mm-hmm. Blight Kings don't need a screen. No. I mean, unless no. <laughs> a 20 block of Hearthguard slams into a 20 block of Blight Kings, that'll be a bad day. But well, I still. It's a grind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, even then, you're you're talking about 81 wounds with a four up save and a five up DPR, potentially minus one to hit. So, I mean, good luck, good um, luck, Hearthguard. But you're not going to kill a, you know that many that many. They Vikings simply don't need a screen. You want uh, people to charge them. So Aaron was actually talking about KO player screens. <laughs> so uh, whoops, Arcanauts. Yeah, Ether Wings. I mean, you uh, typically have MSU ending riggers deploying a corner, a unit of Arcanauts to screen mm-hmm. in your. If you're deploying in the corner, then they're not going to get to you anyway. So you ne- don't necessarily need to screen against Nurgle if you're deploying in the corner. If you deploy in the middle, then you'll need to screen. But in some ways, not having the screen would be better because that might actually deny you the charge um, potentially. Yeah, uh, depending on the distances and you know whether you're 24 inches apart or 18 inches apart, mm-hmm. um, then obviously when you're flying high around, then your riggers are your screens. Um, they're gonna die um, if uh, some uh, Vikings charge them. But uh, we're two hours in, so we need to quickly move on to let's get to some uh, lists. Let's look at an example list. So this one has a great unclean one. Blessed Sons, we talked about. Blight's Battalion. Uh, the Grand Clean one has the Bile Blade and Doomsday Bell, which we mentioned. Uh, it has the Command Trait from Blessed Sons. It has the Wither Stave, we just talked about, and Favorite Boxes. Then there's um, the Harbinger of Decay, the Lord of Blights, because you need that for the Battalion, with the Blot Shell Bile Blade, which is the one that comes from Blessed Sons. 20 Blight Kings, and then four units of five Blight Kings. The Battalion... <laughs> An extra command point, chronomantic cogs, and Aether Void Pendulum. So I think uh, I gave this one to you, Lee, so I don't mind running through it real quick, kind of just like the ethos of the list, which is ironic because there's an uh, uh, Paul Paul has a list that's similar, but I feel like it does like a little bit of a different thing. Uh, this one is taking 20 Blight Kings, stacking any and every single possible buff that I can, taking first turn and running at you. Two drops um the only second drop being the great unclean one and so the 20 blight kings are if if i can go first and if the ko player hasn't outdropped me and put warp lightning vortex on me which would completely utterly cripple this list those 20 blight kings are going to be 81 wounds four up armor save five up dpr save uh the lord of blights is going to give them minus one to hit in melee and minus two to shoot until you can kill one Blight King, which is going to be very difficult because you're minus two to shoot. And so, yeah, 81 wounds, four up save, five up DPR save, minus two to shoot, minus one to hit in melee. Um, With uh, Cogs, they're going to be four inch move, three from the Guo, two hopefully from the cycle, and then um, two from Cogs. So that's going to be, and then an automatic six from the Grand Clean yes, one, plus one movement. So they're going to be 18-inch movement 
and still charging at 2d6 plus 3. So their minimum, if they roll double ones on their charge, their minimum going 18, 23 inches. So if both armies deployed on a, deployed on a line and I rolled double ones for my charge, I'd be going 23 inches. This is fast. It's fast. It takes an, it's kind of similar to my list uh, that we talked about with Tempest Eye, where I take a nearly unkillable unit and throw it at you. Uh, mm -hmm. I very much love the Alpha Bunker <laughs> uh, type of play style. Um, the Aether Void Pendulum is kind of where I think there's a little bit of uh, uh, the other Blight Kings, they stand around in objectives, they zone you out, your fly high out. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's the list. It's those 20 Blight Kings just get in your face. The other board pendulum, you could either leave that off for a triumph, which would be nice. Um, either void pendulum is just a nice way for the guru to throw out some mortal wounds in a line. Um, and so that's the list. Hmm. So, I mean, so the list we've got are basically just examples because most of the lists are going to just be an Blight X King. amount of Blight Kings. <laughs> the Blights is Battalion, a lot of Blights because you have to have it, probably a Harbinger Decay, and then it's just like a Wizard of some sort and maybe another hero, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and then it's how, and then it's like the seasoning, which is, whether you're taking the Wither Stave or Favorite Pox uh, or Rustbang, or you're taking Favorite Poxes or um, the other one, Blades of Putrefaction, uh, Putre or however you pronounce that, um, and then whether you're taking you know stuff like Cox. So this one is probably the example of how they can get super fast and yes. super defensive in some ways. Yeah. Uh, Warp Lightning Vortex just shut this list down, though. I mean, if you mm -hmm. go first, if you're a single drop or even a two drop and you win the dice roll, um, it, 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 sh it shuts this list down because you can't, you're, you're taking seven inches of movement off of that. Um, what, if so, I, what if I throw like six engine rigors into those 20 Black Kings, like on an end, tag them and just let him stand there? This is something I was wondering about. If you tag a unit of Black Kings, like they're 40 mil, 40 mil bases. Mm -hmm. You get three inch part in, but you know, got to pile around a four inch base is over an inch and a half that they've got to move around, and they don't you can't move it in a straight line. Are they deployed like base to base, or are they deployed, you know, like half an inch apart or an inch apart? So they normally sort of tight formation, or yes, no, I mean, I, I it's it really all depends, but I mean, even three blight kings against six engine riggers, I mean. You know, uh, yeah, you know yeah. you're you're, lo you're looking at nine attacks, so six doing d6 hits that are threes and threes, ren one. Uh, you know, with a low bravery unit like engine riggers, I would not want any ko unit near any blight kings in combat. Mm. Okay. Like Paul said, arms length, arms length, a long arms length away. The thing is, uh, it's only it's right. almost it's only useful as, as except for the, the with the twenty. It's only really useful if you've got. A grapnel to prevent the charge, uh, to prevent the retreat. Sorry. Yeah. Although with the twenty, just making them have to retreat anyway means that they can't charge something else. So maybe you can make a case for gun hauler charging the in because that's ten wounds. Four plus rerollable. Uh, 
You want you would want to uh, hopefully use your warp lightning vortex to shut down the running. Um, you would want to plunk one blight king off of the unit to make them not minus two to shoot at, and then um, you would also, if possible, want to take out that uh, harbinger of decay um, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, what's really great, a lot of players, a lot of the KO players are using Zilfin with the engine master and dirigible suit, that very standard Zilfin bomb list. Grudge Bear, the, the Harbinger of Decay, um, hitch a ride with a gun hauler or something, and then just take them out with two damage um, weapon battery. Um, I actually played against my, I brought my Nurgle army to my friend's house and he played this Nurgle and I played the Zilfin bomb list. Um, and that's the first thing I did. I was just, I took out the Harbinger of Decay as soon as I could. I ate the minus one to hit. I used his Aether Gold to reroll all hits. I grudged him and I got rid of him turn one because he had to go. So one mm -hmm. thing about this is our, most KO lists probably aren't going to outdrop it. So, I mean, it's very, it's all very well. And you're not going to give us the turn, are you? Nope. No. So I, if you do get the opportunity to go first, I think you, you've got a really good chance because you also like, you can, you don't, you can, if you know you're going to take first turn, your Arconauts, which are normally a screen, can be inside your, your ship. So you can actually just put out a line of Arconauts in front of those Trip 20 Future Blight Kings, and then you go, well, well, you can't fly. So you can't go over the top of them. So instead of getting that, however, what was it, 18-inch move? Mm -hmm. plus, yeah. Well, no, your move, none, because I'm three inches away, and then you've got to charge my Arconauts. Thank you very much. And no, hopefully, you, you know, if you're Iron Sky Command, you make them battle shock immune. You They're don't have shooting saves. to remove them, so it's all magic or yeah, the right. wheel damage. And Arconauts, if you spread them out, I mean, you've got to be within six inches of the ship, but you can get out a twenty-inch line. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can get a. I think it's nineteen inches. You can get if it's a completely straight line. When the ship's nine inches away, it's probably a little bit shorter. But, you know, that's quite hard for the a big unit of 20 Blight Kings to move past. Is there a case, then, that you you, know, you do that, put the Warp Lightning Vortex on, leave your Endra Master a dirigible suit to try and shoot the Harbinger, and then you fly high everything else to one of the flanks to kill a unit of five Blight Kings? And then... That puts the Nurgle player when they're potentially going to get a double turn in this position where I can't move forwards into the table. Do I move over to that flank and then potentially get stuck there? Or do you just sit behind your Arconauts and then if they get the double turn, they go through them? What's the battle plan? You know, that's that's yeah. the that's the yeah. way that you're going to be able to, to, to make that, those types of decisions. What's the battle plan? Yeah, because if there's objectives in the middle, like um, the, you know, if it's something like focal points, there won't be five putrid bikings on a flank anyway, because it's very central. They'd be right. sort of on a flank, but not really far away. Um, yeah, so battle plan dependent. If it's uh, battle for the past, those twenty blight kings are on one flank with the uh, uh, great unclean one, um, and maybe the harbinger. You go after the other the other objectives, and you just stay away from them. But just be careful not to get 20 blight kings on your home objective um that's you know a recipe for disaster but um yeah the ko just i mean they're so battle plan dependent they really are 
The, the other, we said that the great unclean one is something you shouldn't target. But in this list, he's giving chromatic cogs, and then he's also got, you know, things like the wither stave and favorite boxes. Does that make him more of a target, or do you think he's still even in this list? I think by the time that you get to shoot him, he's probably done like ninety percent of what you really <laughs> want out of him. Like so Absolutely. much of what you need out of the great unclean one, like he does first turn. Turn one. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not getting the first turn. So it's only really if you do get to outdrop them that you would even consider it. Um if it's past turn one, there's no point. Yep. Um uh, so, I will say I will say it's because of this list that I started playing Caradron Overlords, which is ironic because we're doing this show now, because I love Blight Kings very much, but this list is sort of, in my opinion, what is wrong with the Nurgle book. It has become so Blight King-centric that it list writing is so roadmappy that it makes it unfun for me um, in the way that I, I enjoy playing the army typically. Um, because it's if you're in a competitive-minded lens, it's Blight Kings or Bust. And mm -hmm. it's all your other choices revolve around making those Blight Kings better. Um, so this list is why I started playing Caradron Overlords. Mm -hmm. So I wanted something different. If this list... Because this list is likely to go first. So if it, if they no player takes first turn, you put up your buffs, and then you you run the twenty blight kings into the middle of the table because you're not getting the charge. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. You're I'm minus two getting... to shoot. You're minus, and wherever they go, they're minus two to shoot, and they're <laughs> off with a five up DPR. So where the other the other fives are going onto objectives and zoning out space, I assume. Yes. Yep. Um, so then from the KO player's perspective, I assume we would just put the Warp Lightning Vortex on the Blight Kings or on the uh, try and overlap it onto the heroes as well, I guess, um, depending on how far behind they are. But the Harbing is probably keeping up, isn't he? Yeah, he's got a seven-inch base move. Uh, yeah, and then he's getting... like The buffs aren't like pick one unit. Like Doomsday Bell is all units within range. Cogs is all units. Everything can like you when you that command trait to auto run six. Is that it's not limited in how many times you can use that? Is that no, once per turn? Oh, it's once per turn. So if he wants to run six, then you've got to spend a command point to do it. Yes, but you know he's got a faster move naturally, so he's probably going to keep up. So yeah, you you just put your warp lightning vortex. Over the top of him and the and the, the Blight Kings, and if they're on an objective, I think I wouldn't try and shoot them because they're minus two to hit. I would then, after I deliver the warp line of vortex, I would almost definitely go somewhere else to try and kill five Blight Kings elsewhere that aren't minus two to hit. And then the Blight, the twenty Blight Kings are like, right, I'm on, on an objective. Do I leave the objective to try and kill the KO stuff? Or do I stay here inside a warp lightning vortex? And if they leave the objective, then you know you can potentially fly high into it. The thing is, though, the, once you start killing something, you have to keep shooting it until it's dead, or it will heal up. So if you start 
hitting the harbinger of decay if you decide that's your target. If you shoot a couple drills at it and you get some mortal wounds on it, and then you leave him on two wounds, you know he's likely to he's he's likely to to heal, likely to maybe not to full, but you know you've just wasted a lot of your damage that you've done when that damage is already hard to do. So if you choose to get rid of the Lord of Blight, focus focus fire on it. And that's where I think the escort wing is great because you can sort of pick a target and they get reroll once to hit, which is awesome. Um, so, um, so yeah, my, my targets, my priority is if you're going to try to shoot the blight Kings, you got to make sure you take them down one, or you got to get rid of the Lord of blights. If they're not already tagged with it, with that command ability um, mm -hmm. or the harbinger of decay, you know, some Nurgle players are going to value the five of DPR more than the minus than the uh, Lord of Blights for sure. But but when they're a twenty man unit, then the minus two to hit is worse than the five up DPR. Yes. Once it goes down to minus one to hit, then the five up DPR is DPR worse. Is worse. Yeah. So yeah, it just depends. I mean, it's just, it depends on the battle plan, obviously as we mentioned but i'm so tempted when they've got 500 points tied up in one unit plus two heroes with them just to try and ignore them 100 percent. but what i think you do um and then when you do get around to taking them out you need to have made sure you took out those heroes first the harbinger and the lord of Blights. do you want to check out the the other list lee that's similar so the the next, well, before we look at the next list, we've got some more explaining to do. My homie. This is my homeboy. So, I love MVP. Him. Yes. Matt, you asked about ambushing and teleporting. Mm -hmm. This is the guy. He's a pirate, and he has a fictional imaginary boat. So basically, <laughs> okay. he's a smiter, Max. Okay? No, yes, no. he is. He's a smiter, no. But he can only do it with Blight Kings. So what that means is, if you don't know what a Roosmarder does, he can deploy off the board, and when you deploy him off the board, you can put up to one unit of... Isn't it capped at 10? Is it capped at a unit of 10? No. Who? No, it's not capped. No. But so you can put up... You can put When you deploy him off the board, you can put one unit of Putrid Blight Kings with him, and unlike the Roosmarder, that's one drop. Um, mm -hmm. And then... They can then be set up at the end of the first movement phase, their first movement phase, um, within six inches of each other and wholly within six inches of the board edge. And um, presumably nine away. Nine, yes, and nine inches away. Um, so, yeah, he's your ambushing guy. You take him because you want to ambush the Black Kings. Um, he's got some other things he does. He has his thing come at phase. He can pick an enemy hero um, and then choose what weapon carried by that model and then a four plus they can't use it in the combat phase but um, and then he has to target enemy heroes if he's within three inches and they're like but the reason if you see this in the list that's because he's ambushing that's what KO player needs to know uh, I once had Gutrod Spume 1v1 of Vermin Lord Corruptor with the Sword of Judgment. So 10 attacks, each six doing a uh, doing a, a D6 Mortal Wounds, but Spume took away his Plague Reapers three, turn, three combat phases in a row and just sat there for three turns swiping at his ankles and 1v1'd them. And 
Oh, it was the most amazing thing ever. It was so good. I guess it's worth noting if, if he gets in combat with your Ender Master of Dirigible Suit, he can just take away his Aphromatic Sword, which is yep. not insignificant. That's Or he can he can take away the Engine Master in Harness's uh, hammer from outside mm-hmm. the boat. Yeah, he just reached through the porthole and like yeah, <laughs> just grabbed it with his tentacle and was like, "You're not using that one." It's like, oh, because he he's probably taller than a dwarf. Let's be honest. So you can just imagine he's like playing keep away, hanging like this hammer, and animals is jumping up and down trying to reach it. <laughs> I just want to know how he was able to grab like the Slayer of Kings and hold on to it while Archeon just waves him around trying to shake him <laughs> off. <his side>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a cartoon. But yeah, uh, there's nothing else about him really that's important. I guess well, the fact that he has to target heroes is potential. Paul, Paul's gonna Paul's gonna about to drop some knowledge on you. Oh, yeah, the thinking important thing is that he's a hero going along with a unit of Light Kings that's deep striking. So mm-hmm. he's also like a locus for command abilities. So he can mm-hmm. make them reroll charges. He can, um, you know, make them run six. Um, and he's also then a locus for summoning. There it is. <laughs> okay. So, and you summon at the end of the movement phase. Yep. He goes on at the end of the movement phase, but if they happen at the same time, you get to choose the order. So you can bring him on, and then you can then also put a tree somewhere. Or no, you I, generate you generate points in the hero phase. But what Paul is saying is that he ramps up the summoning. Turn two, you're you've doubled your your summoning pool. What I was saying was the summoned units come on at the end yeah. of the movement phase. Oh, and I see, he, yes. He comes on at the end of the movement phase. So you could think, oh, that you can't summon over there. I mean, it's turn one anyway. He has to come on turn one. So yes. unless you roll a free with your, your D3, it doesn't really matter. But he's a location where you can summon a, some f- within 12 inches of him as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um so he speeds up summoning. He's he like Paul exactly said. He is a he's a, a point on the battlefield for command abilities, for summoning, for generating summoning points. He what he does best is he forces you to make a decision. He takes ten blight kings typically. You can take twenty. I've seen it done. It was it happened to me. Um, and he 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 makes you make a decision. Do you go back double back or go back and deal with those ten blight kings in your backfield or do you ignore them one way or the other you're going to be wrong because there's no right answer to that so one thing i said on the previous list was you can deploy in the corner against that list and you don't actually need your screen outside the boat you can just keep them in the boat if he's on the table can't do that if he's in the list list, then you do need your screen because then he's going to be bringing on his Black Kings within nine inch, uh, well, nine inches away from you. Do we have an exam? Do we have a list with him? Yes, we do. Yes, we do just... we? Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> it's like we planned this, Matt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we we I, knew, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I don't know what planning is. Oh, here's another my. Here's another my. This model is so fantastic. I don't know what I like more. Whether it's Festus force feeding his victims some like. Uh, acidic potion or if it's the gleeful nurgling on top just like shoveling random body parts into like a casket of melting liquid well, like it's i've never seen this guy uh, really yeah. from a cow guys or like a dwarf loving perspective he almost has like a beard of like like just like 
boils and stuff. Yeah. No. His his backstory is fantastic. So he was like a um he was like a like an apothecary, and Nurgle was so angry at him for healing all the wonderful diseases that he beset upon the world that he he uh, 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 corrupted him in sort of an act of uh, sort of you know uh, um, conquering uh, you know how dare you sort of uh, 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 heal the sick and so um, so he's so now he comes up with all sorts of vile concoctions whereas before he was um, uh, uh, heal, healing them so it's, it's quite wonderful but he also uh, those those vile concoctions are you know very pleasant for friendly Nurgle so he can heal. Um, as well as uh, do damage. Oh, I think I've. Uh, he was in the list that won the Prague GT the year before last. He is money on a Bailwind Vortex. Festus and a Bailwind. I don't take Festus unless I can afford the Bailwind because his spell is so good on a bail, on a Bailwind Vortex because it adds six inches. It's a 20 inch. I think I misspoke earlier when I said it was a 20 inch range. It's 14 inch range, but on the Bailwind it's 20 and it's minus one to save for the rest of the game. And then you can give him Blades of Putrefaction if you want. My personal favorite to give him is... Um, Gift of Contagion, which is uh, cast on a six, and it's a random debuff. It's a D3 on a one or a two, it's minus one to hit. Three or four, it's minus one to wound. Five or six, it's minus one to save. So potentially he can hit a, a one unit with minus two to save. Um, it's pretty, mm -hmm. pretty tight. Yeah. So, I mean, he's basically a wizard, but you, you take him for more points than a basic wizard because he's got a better, he's got a better spell, basically. But he doesn't fit in the battalion, so it, it adds a drop. Yeah. So you, you get a better spell, but you add a drop if you take him. Um, it does also have an ability to heal a friendly unit as well, mm -hmm. um, which I think you mentioned earlier. It doesn't have a keyword. <laughs> so, yeah. Neither does the Glotkin's native spell to uh, add plus one to the wound characteristic. It's just a friendly unit. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, Lots of yeah, artifacts so, from days past are in this book. Yeah. So, and this is, yeah, we said what it was. It's minus one to save. So you can put that on your ironclad and make it, you know, make it minus one to save. So you, you free up save. It doesn't make it a four up save, but it makes sure it changes your role. It's like mm -hmm. a four up save. Um, it's like giving other units. It's like almost like giving every unit that targets that unit extra range. Um, yeah, that's what he does. So here's another example list. So it's also a Blightsis list with Blessed Sons. This one's three drops, more wounds, 207 wounds, 19, yeah, 1970 points. So um, triumph. triumph. And from a KO player's perspective, you know, potentially stopping you getting a triumph. Mm -hmm. uh, so Harbinger of Decay, he's the general this time. He has Rust Fang as his artifact rather than Witherstave. I think often players would normally take Witherstave, but we put this in as an example because of the synergies. Uh, Lord of Blights, he has the Botshell Bioplate, which is the reroll saves from the Blessed Sons, Gutrot Spoon, Festus Elite Lord uh, with Blades of Putrefaction, and then 20 Blight Kings, 20 Blight, 10 Blight Kings, and then three units of five, a battalion, and an extra command point. So I guess the synergies in this one is 
the 10 Blight Kings can deep strike, which gives you an extra thing to think about. And potentially, this list can put out minus three to save. In fact, if actually, if this list had had the other spell, it could put out minus four. But I mean, you'd have enough to do it in the same turn, would you? Um, Paul keeps freezing. Yeah, he's definitely lagging. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm having internet connection issues. <laughs> um, um, so basically, this list is similar to the other one, except Spume is likely to take 10 Blight Kings, um, start off the board, drop down somewhere nine inches away from you, but then roll an eight inch charge. Um, so because they get natural plus one to their charge. Um, so it makes the likelihood of that charge um, a, a higher success. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in your backfield if you zone out. It can just be way up off the side of the board. But you've now you've got a unit of 20 Blight Kings going all the way over on the left side, say, or onto one objective. But then you've got Gut Rod Spume and 10 Blight Kings coming off from the other edge. So it's like a multi-pronged attack. Um, that's what this list does, does great. Um, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of Festus without a Bailwind because you want to be able to use both of those spells at the same time. And I don't feel like being a, I'm not sure that one, a one spell Festus, um, uh, is all that great. And to be honest with you, the Guo is a great model because you can hide Festus behind him, and you can't see him because he <laughs> completely he completely uh, covers you. Um, and if you have him, if you have Festus behind the Glotkin, the Glotkin kind of has a stance where he's like walking forward, so you can see between his legs. So it's it's a lot harder. But the Guo completely blocks line of sight, so Festus just running right behind him like a like a fullback, like handing out potions to him is pretty awesome. Um, welcome back, Paul. I was just trying to go over. Stuff. I know, I know this. This is uh, a list that you had uh, um, crafted up for us, but I was just trying to uh, carry the day here while you were uh, readjusting. So, yeah, sorry about that. My uh, internet connection decided to crap out in an inopportune time. Thankfully, like everything always works better on my phone. I don't understand why, but of course, right? Yeah, Nurgle got your internet connection, obviously. Yeah, got some nurgling from the works. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm for this list. I might have actually took one. That one of you guys suggested and tweaked it a bit just to put in examples of some of the other synergies. I think the thing is, is between this list and the one before, is we've shown some of the different synergies that you can get. So then when you face up against Blightsist, you can look at it and go, okay, well, this does this, this does this, and work out what the issues are going to be. So first of all, my first thing I'd look for is, do they have Gut Rot Spoon? Yes. And that's the same thing I do with any opponent's army. Like, if I come against Fire Spiders, fire size, do they have a Rune Smiter? If I go up against, I don't know, Duke, Deep King, do they have the Soul Squire? Do they have anything that means that they're deploying off the table and they're going to then deep strike at me, potentially. And then it's like, you know they're going to have the Lord of Blights. They probably have the Harbinger Decay. It's like, well, do they have a Sorcerer? Do they have Festus? Or do they have a Great Uncle One? Or do they have a combination? And then what spells do they have? And then what artifacts do they have? Because you know you know what Blessed Sons does. I mean, you know that means that, you know, 
the general is going to allow them to run six inches without a command point. You know they're all getting rendered and stuff. So then it's like, um, are you looking out for things that are going to give you minus to save? Or is it going to be the wither save? And then what spells is it? Um, and to be honest, I think I'd rather see Rust Fang than wither save as a KO player. Yeah, absolutely. Um the Wither Staff is the best artifact in the game. Again, that's not spells other than Spell in the Bottle. Spell in the Bottle is hands down the best artifact in the game. But Wither Staff for a long time was the reigning champion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is just it, it's so powerful, especially it like it keeps getting more powerful as they keep printing more books that have these abilities that trigger on the set. It's like you're just making Nurgle's artifacts more powerful every time you print a new book. And it's not models within 12, it's units. So again, yeah. one you could have a line of 30 demonettes all the way going across the board, but as long as one demonette is within 12 inch range, they're not getting their exploding sixes. Yeah. Yep. And even if so. you don't have exploding sixes, it's still less attacks going through. Absolutely. It's still like it's almost similar to having minus one to hit, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's mathematically the same, like the inverse effect of, as uh, reroll ones to hit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, so when you when you come up against Blightsis, the question is, you know, what synergies have they gone for? Are there lots exactly? Of, is there lots of movement? Is there minuses? To, to save, uh, is it minuses to save, um, or and uh, have they got you know the explode uh, blades of creature protection, uh, however you pronounce that, to, to do the mortal wounds, um, and then play around those. So you know, rust fang uh, can easily play around. On the Sorry surface, about. it's a buttload of blight kings, mm -hmm. but when you scratch below that. How are they using them? What what aspect are they taking advantage of? What flavor of Blight Kings is it? Is it fast Blight Kings? Is it, um, you know, minus to save Rendy Blight Kings? Are they Blight Kings that come off the edge? Um, are they just insanely durable Blight Kings, which typically they are. It's kind of an oxymoron. But yeah, so Blight Cyst equals Blight Kings, but, you know, is it chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry? Well, the, and you can get combinations of these two. So you took Festus out. You'd have to take out some Blight Kings, but you could put in a Guo. You could maybe put in Cogs and have got Rot Spoon. And then that means that the Deep Striking Blight Kings got plus three to charge. No, they so don't as, it's plus pardon? three. It, it's plus three for movement, not charging. No, for uh, Cogs. Oh, right. they have plus one. Then they get plus two from Cogs. So not only would you have a unit running across the going across the table really fast, but you'd have a, a deep striking unit with plus three to charge to think about as well. So mm -hmm. you can go out of the way of one, but not necessarily the other, because the way you get out of the way of the one really fast, which is probably in the middle of the table, I'm going to go across, is you go in the corners, which means you're then in range of the ones that can come off the table edges. Um, Every single one of my Nurgle lists starts with Gut Rod Spume and 10 Blight Kings. Every single list. It's kind of a joke in the uh, Nurgle WhatsApp chat that like, if you want to start conversation and it hasn't been slow for, or it's been slow for a couple of days, just spout out that Gut Rod Spume sucks and I'll just be summoned immediately to the chat because I 
love that war scroll so much. It does. It's so I I made the list before just as sort of to, sh to showcase how fast Nurgle can be and what what that would how scary that is. But Gut Rot's Fume is so good for so many different reasons, and it's not really that overtly obvious. So every single list starts with Spume and Ten Kings for me. Uh, yeah, although, I write from a KO perspective. Uh, I'm not going to be targeting him. So he's off the table, so he's something to think about for deployment. But once the game is in motion, you don't have to worry about it. And right. Because he has to come on turn one, mm -hmm. unlike a Rune Smiter or a Soul Scryer, where you know they could come on turn two or three. It's like it's got to happen. So therefore, you know, once you get past turn one, that worry goes away. Because actually, a lot of the time with a deep strike, it's the threat of where they could go is worse than actually coming on. Um, especially with Kale, where you can then just get away from the place anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we covered Blightsist. Um, so let's move on to. Some of the things you, one of the other things you might see, Blightsis is far more common. That's correct, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Nowadays, yes. So we're, we're not going to spend a huge amount of time on this because we're two and a half hours in already. And but Frostfall <laughs> Befoulement is you might see, and I think you said it's what like eighty percent Blightsis, maybe more. Uh, I, I mean, it's hard to judge, but Blightsist, I mean, unfortunately, if you're going to a tournament, there's going to be Nurgle players that are going to be competitive are playing Blightsist. And then the other Nurgle players that are there to have fun with three Guos are going to play Thriceful Befoulement. And it's still pretty good. It has some really weird rules interactions that make it quite dangerous for KO. But I, I think this is going to be a lot easier for KO to, to handle, um, mm -hmm. to play around, to dance around. Um it's. I don't think it's. It's certainly not as competitive as Blightsis, but it still has some. You will see it because it is popular, whether it's competitive or not. So it's good to be aware of what it does. Um, so yeah. I think the, the game plan for KO is a lot easier against Thricefold Befoulement than it is mm -hmm. against uh, a Blightsis list. Like I think against Thricefold, like the big thing you want to do is probably ignore the Great Unclean ones. <laughs> and stay out of range of them and just kill all the stuff that's taking objectives, which is only going to be about 50% of their list. So realistically, you have like half as much to kill as you usually would in points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we haven't got the, the example list up yet. The trouble is, is the stuff that isn't the great unclean ones is probably going to be minus two or minus one to hit in shooting. <laughs> and you know, I just thought about this point, Lee, you know, even if they are minus one or minus two to hit one of the greatest workarounds to minus to hit modifiers are rerolls, which KO mm. has in spades. Yes. There are no, there are no pluses to, to hit, but pluses to hit do not counteract minuses to hit very well because it's, you're much more likely to have a hit debuff than a hit buff in typically in, in a book and re-rolls are much more effective. So if you have a flare pistol and a gold share, um, I like to take big units of engine riggers. I, I love taking 12 engine riggers and recently I've stopped using spell in a bottle in my list and I can't wait to try this more in TTS. But um, if I have two turns of 12 engine riggers with 
uh, 24 volley gun shots and then four drill cannon shots, re-rolling all hits two turns in a row. That's pretty powerful, even against minus one or minus two to hit. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, re-rolls always, always very good. Uh, so this battalion, it's basically just three great unclean ones. Literally uh, is three great unclean ones. That's keyworded. Yeah. Which means there is actually another option, which means you, you can have Rotogus, which is like a, a name great on thing. Uh but before we talk about Rotogus, talk about the abilities. So there's two. Hungry for the plague god's praise. Reroll hit rolls of one for models from this battalion while they are within fourteen inches of another model from this battalion. In addition, reroll wound rolls of one for models from this battalion while they are within fourteen inches of two other models from the battalion. So you've got three great unclean ones. If a great unclean one is near one, they get reroll ones to hit. If they're near two, they get reroll ones to hit and reroll ones to wound. Are great unclean ones actually that killy? I think Rotagus is fairly killy, isn't he? But... Yeah, Rotagus is okay, and the uh, melee build of the great unclean one can be pretty punchy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... It's not like super exciting. The exalted great unclean one is not something you're likely to see, but you know, he gets an extra attack on a sword and he hits on threes. So, you know, four attacks hitting on threes, um, wounding on twos with Ren two three damage. It's scary. You're not likely to see it, but um, it's interesting. And, you know, you could stack a couple of plus one attacks so you could get him up to six attacks at Three three rolling ones, uh, twos to wound, rent two three damage. <laughs> but so, I mean, rent two three damage, do you say? Yeah, three damage. Yeah. Okay, so I mean that's fairly reliable attacks. Six attacks is quite a few, and three damage is high. So yeah, but it takes a thousand points worth of grid and clean ones and battalions to make him scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it's not that much damage when you put it in that perspective. Uh, now he used to he used to be insane i don't but he used to do two d6 attacks that had ren two and each did d3 damage Hmm. okay yeah but don't worry that doesn't exist anymore for a reason okay so the the other ability is plague storm of nurgle and this is probably i think why you take the battalion so if a model from this battalion successfully casts a plague wind spell we briefly mentioned a long time ago unfortunately um when it's uh, within seven inches of another model from this battalion, then the number of mortal wounds inflicted by that spell is increased from D3 to 2D3. And if the caster is within seven inches of two other models from this battalion, then the mortal wounds is 3D3. Yes. So run, run, run us through, uh, Matt or Paul, whichever one of you wants to do it, yeah. again, what Plague Wind normally is. Paul, do you want to... uh, so it's it, you draw a line from the caster 14 inches to a point everything along that line that is not nurgle takes d3 mortal wounds mm-hmm. so this potentially is increasing that to 3d3 mortal wounds for everything yeah. along that line so, so this ship... mean, <laughs> yeah they, that means a ship and everything inside it uh, and the really dangerous thing with thricebolt befoulment is that this goes along with uh spell portal so Ooh, yeah you use spell portal to basically put 
that beam anywhere you want to. Mm. Yes, because then you... And the interesting thing about Spell Portal is that you make... The point is chosen from... You measure the range for the point from the Spell Portal. So it's yep. 14 inches, did you say? Yep. Yeah, so 14 inches from the Spell Portal. Well, then you draw the line back to the caster. Yes. So... Yep. Potentially a very long line of 3D free mortal wounds. And, and it if, it, if well, if it is a Nurgle unit, it heals D3. Right. Yep. Uh, but this, so the, but the uh, the buffs in this only buffs the mortal wounds, doesn't it? Yes. Doesn't buff the healing, luckily. So uh, this is typically taken in Munificent Wanderers. So that has an ability called Locus of Corrosion. So while an enemy unit within three inches of any Munificent Wonders demon units, you worsen the Ren characteristic of that unit's melee weapons by one to a minimum of zero. Um, and Nurgle units are unaffected. So make sure it's, your, rig your riggers are less killy. Basically. It's, ba it's basically plus one save to anything with Rend. Mm. But not shooting them. Yep. No. So it makes your riggers and your sky wardens if they charge do less, or your Andrew Master will pursue. Um, the other so not, the, yeah, go ahead. See, I was going to say not too bad for KO. No, 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 no. The other reason you take this is for the amazing, amazing command trait. Okay, uh, so the command trait is one last gift. Um, no way of getting around it. Sometimes you can get away around command traits, but. As Matt said, it's really good, so you wouldn't want to get around it anyway. So it's if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a melee weapon that targets a friendly Munificent Wanderer's demon unit wholly within 12 inches of this general is 6, the attacking unit suffers one mortal wound after all of its attacks have been resolved. So if you shoot anything or do any... Yeah, basically, it's splashback mortal wounds. Yeah, For but melee, melee only, melee, not oh, shooting. Right, okay, yes, melee. Yes, sorry. Yeah, melee weapons. So again, this is bad for riggers and wardens and your Andrew master at ritual suit because the other thing is because it's melee weapons, but not say in the combat phase. Right. So it doesn't affect your bombs. Right. But it and it's it wouldn't affect bombs anyway because it's hit rolls and it triggers. But um. Right, but you know, you essentially take this on a big unit of plague bearers that are five, uh, five up rerolling ones to save, and then a five up after save, and then you know you've already so you know and you've already uh, uh, splashed back a bunch of mortal wounds, and it's something that you don't take the wither stave for because it literally counteracts the uh, <laughs> it counteracts the wither stave counteracts the, uh, the ability there, but it's essentially putting damage. It's essentially giving damage to plague bearers that typically don't do much damage simply by their innate toughness. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yep. basically what these two things are telling me is if you come up against Munificent Wanderers list, you don't want to charge your riggers in. Oh, God, no. They um, they be they be only rend one and then any six they immediately take a mortal wound and you don't want to like you take one or two mortal wounds and you just you lose a rigor um, then when your enemy hits back you're that's bad. 
Yeah, and you know, 30 Plague Bearers don't do a whole lot of damage, but it's still 30 bodies. The Guo's command ability to give them all plus one attack. So yeah, it's not a whole lot of damage, but you know, that's still, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 attacks coming your way. They do wound on threes. So they hit on fours, wound on threes, as opposed to fours and fours, like basic infantry. So, um, this you know, is, so they can punch back. This is really bad for Barrack Zone because yeah, so the Sky Wardens would go to uh, no rend, basically. Mm -hmm. And because they have more, more attacks and riggers. So, say it's a, if it's a unit of 12 with one Sky Hook, then. 23 attacks. 23 attacks, so 23 chances of taking a mortal wound back. You probably take three to four mortal wounds back on yourself mm -hmm. just from charging, mm -hmm. and then because you've got no no rend on your attacks, you're going to be... Yeah, and you'll be minus one to hit in melee as well. Yep. So fours and twos, no rend. Go ahead and use your gold and reroll all hits. Please get me more sixes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I can uh, re-roll the six, so doesn't matter. Yes, because you don't have to just re-roll failed ones. So you you re-roll oh, everything with gold. True. Yeah. So true. I'll re-roll sixes and fails. Mm -hmm. uh, then the command ability um, is uh, you can use the command ability in the hero phase. You do so. You pick one friendly uh, demon unit, hold within fourteen inches of the uh, hero. The hero has to be a demon hero. Um, until the start of your next hero phase, if an enemy unit ends a charge move within three inches of that unit, that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds, um, and a unit can't benefit from this command ability more than once per turn. So you charge your... It's you shield of third, team, yeah. And then you take D3 mortal wounds before you do your attacks, and then then when you do attack, you are... Uh, it's just this... Munition Wonders is just defense against melee, basically. 100%. 100%. So uh, it's kind of the opposite of Blight Cyst, where instead of like running at you and doing damage, this you want people to run at you and then do no damage, and the damage they do get through is also harming the attacker. Harming themselves, yeah. Yes. Uh, and lastly, the artifact is you pick one of the bearers, melee weapons, and you add one to hit rolls. It's attacks. For the weapon. It, uh, yeah, I mean, plus one to hit is not bad on a really good killing unit, but it's nothing to write home for. And then right. we've seen that you've got other artifacts that are better. Right, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to some notable spells. And oh, I do have glorious afflictions. Good. I thought I might have missed that. So some notable spells and artifacts for uh, Frysfold Battalion, uh, Foulwood Battalion, and Missing Wonders, the Endless Gift. At the start of the battle phase, roll a dice for each wound allocated to this model that turn and not negated on a four cluster wound is healed. So that's an artifact. You can put it on a great unclean one and uh, say you did 15 wounds to it that turn, it didn't die. Then they roll 15 dice in the battle shot phase and for each four plus they heal. So. Yeah. What's interesting about this is if the Guo decides to cut himself for plus one to cast and then uh, and then automatically heals it, mm -hmm. he still gets to roll the dice to gain a, a wound. Yes. <laughs> because he's, yeah, he still suffered that wound that turn, didn't he? So yes, he did. It doesn't matter whether it was uh, healed or not. Yeah, later healed or not. Uh, another spell. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Hang on two seconds. Oh, sure. That should say spell there. 
Wait for the sky vessel to pass. Oh, I'm sorry. I, didn't... I don't know who it was, but it's. Uh, uh, so uh, there's two uh, notable spells for Price Vault um, for family. One is Glorious Afflictions, which I think we mentioned earlier. Cast on a five, which is quite notable because a lot of things cast on seven in Nurgle. Um, and that's quite easy to cast. Pick an enemy unit within 21 inches. Half that unit's move, run, and charge rolls, rounding up. And they can't fly until the Nurgle player's next hero plays. Yes. So, Money. So good. So good. Yeah. So yeah, personally, is... I think this instead of favorite boxes now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. So, I mean, against KO, I'm not that bothered about it too much because it doesn't stop me flying high. Uh, it so I don't want to be charging you anyway if you're if you're munition wonders. So I mean, the only thing where this would annoy me is if it stops me getting onto objectives. And that's right. exactly yeah. what Nurgle's going to be using it for: is keeping you off objectives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, that's a powerful ability because it's like. It's like uh, the navigator's ability, but shorter range, and it does more stuff. Because it's not just move, and it's not just flying units, unlike the navigator. So, yeah, powerful. And then the other spell we gave is called Plague School. Um, Cast on a six. Uh, if it's successful, then you roll seven dice, and then for each uh, six that you roll, um, you pick a different visible enemy unit to suffer D3 mortal wounds. Different friend. So this this synergizes really well with the rampant disease allegiance ability. It synergizes really well with Rodigus's spell, which I'm sure we'll see in a moment here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is so it's just you, there could be you could be hitting uh, three you could units could be being hit by mortal wounds from across the board several different ways. No range. Yes, oh, yeah. that's the important thing about this spell is I haven't missed that off in the the uh, summary of the spell here. This is no range for this spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Visible. You mm-hmm. if, the, if you if like Noble goes first and you're deploying your corner and you think, oh yeah, I'm deploying my corner I'm like 40 inches away from your wizards. No, it doesn't matter. It's fine. I'll hit you with Plague Squall. I'll hit you with Rodigus. I'll hit you with Rampant Disease. There's 3d3 mortal wounds to um, several different units from across the board. Oh, that's a nice Warp Lightning Vortex you have there. It would be a shame if somebody were to nuke it from across the board. Yeah. So, I mean, with this combination of stuff, it, it's really a reminder to everybody that if Nurgle wants to build in that direction, they can play the just kill a hero's game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they don't have to do it at the shooting phase. <laughs> so, <Yep. laughs> Rotigus, he's a named version of a great and clean one, basically. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get the bell, so he doesn't, doesn't give plus three to move. He doesn't get the plus one to cast. No. And he doesn't have the shooting attack. The shooting attack's nothing special anyway, is it? But he gets better melee, and he has a different spell. 
Is that a fair summary? Yes. Yeah, and his spell is really good. Okay. Really so, good. Shall we talk about the spell then? So uh, it's called Devil Use of Nurgle. Cast on a seven. Nurgle seven. If it's uh, cast, you roll seven dice. So that's very similar to play school. Um, for each roll that equals or beats the deluge of Nurgle value shown on the damage table, which starts on a four plus, um, so, and I assume that gets worse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can pick an enemy unit that is visible to the caster. Um, no range. And that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Uh, if this spell affects more than one enemy unit, you must pick a different enemy unit to suffer each set of D3 mortal wounds. Um, so, yeah, you roll seven dice, fishing for four pluses, and you can then put D3 mortal wounds on multiple units, but you can't put them yep. all on the same unit. So you combine that with play score, which was play score was D3 as well, wasn't it? It yep. was, but only out of six. Right. So, yeah, but no range. No range. So, you're, yeah, you can be taking out heroes potentially, potentially turn one because you could do six, but it's unlikely. But then again, rampant disease. Yes. The allegiance ability. Yep. So, which there's a lot of no deep free mortal wounds flying yeah. about. It's like, yes, there is a crawl, crawl over again. Yes. Um, so let's look at a uh, a um, a list example. We've only got one for for our short time. We uh, found which is good because we're drawing on three hours. Uh, this list is five drops, one hundred and twenty four wounds, so a lot less than Black King's Spam. Nineteen eighty yep. points. Um, one hundred twenty four wounds. So is still good. Like it's not low by any means, and compared to KO, that's you know. A good KO, a, a high, higher wound KO list would be around this. So it has two regular Great Uncle ones, both of which have got Bile Blades and Doomsday Bells. Mm -hmm. The General has the Command Trait, which is one last gift, has the Endless Gift artifact, and the spell is Favored Poxes, which, if I remember correctly, is the one that is minus one to hit, wound, and save. Yes. Yep. And then the other one has the Muck Talon, which is the plus one to hit. And the spell is Glorious Afflictions, um, which we just talked about a minute ago. And I'm completely drawing a blank on it. What, what does Glorious Afflictions do? Uh, half move, run, and charge, oh, yes, and no fly. Is. Yes, uh, so you have that one. Uh, the, yeah, the really good one. And then you have Rotagus, that also has that spell. He doesn't have anything else because he's named. And then you have Sorcerer with the Plague School, which we just mentioned. 30 plague bearers, 30 plague bearers, and then 10 plague bearers, the battalion, umbral spell portal, and geminates. Yeah, so basically this list makes two decent castles. One of them kills you as you attack it. The other one just sits there and takes damage and sits on objectives. Um, typically, you know, the one with one last gift, you're... Uh, um, you're running up because of the bio, the the um, doomsday bell. You're moving seven. You run up because you don't really need to shoot. So you're typically moving, you know, about ten inches. You get an objective and you sit there and you wait for somebody to charge you, and then have some fun. Uh, the other one, um, you run up with another thirty plague bearers, but then you can shoot out the geminids for a little bit of a defensive um, 
defensive buff. And then all the while, Rodigus is kind of moving wherever he needs to be based on the battle plan, trying to stay close to the other two if possible so you can get off the super fart, uh, which I, I affectionately call the, uh, uh, the, the Plague Storm. Um, it, it's, it's similar to the old, uh, Eldar, if anybody plays Warhammer 40k, the other game that this company makes, where the three fire prisms could put their beams together and then put out a super beam. It was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is just the super fart because it's, you know, that's essentially what it is. And, uh, uh, <laughs> their farts combined, <laughs> it's so like some perverse Captain Planet. Remind, remind me again, what is the... The threat range on the spell portal, or how far away? Do you um, the first one within twelve, but you want to be within one to cast through it, and the mm -hmm. second one within wholly within eighteen of the first one. Okay. If you're in Shaish, though, if you're within the realm of Shaish, it's anywhere on the board mm -hmm. or cities. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you know, you're popping that. Yeah, you're popping that spell portal out there, and then you're putting a 3d3 mortal wound line beam through anything. And then the sorcerer casts Plague Squall, and he hits things across the board. Mm -hmm. Rodigus makes it rain uh, for another d3 mortal wounds on fours up and on four pluses. And then you've got the Allegiance ability, which does mortal wounds on four pluses. Um, all the while, you're trying to slam your head against the wall that's slowly killing you. It's a great list. It's a lot of fun to play. This is this is a gun line with a it's a gun line with big blocks in front of it that are yeah. hard to kill. Basically, that also kill you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's one, two, seven spells there. Seven, well, seven spell attempts each turn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two of them have got, uh, or four of them have got plus one to cast. Um. Uh, yes. yes. Rotagus and the Sorcerer's War Scroll spells don't have any range. The Umbral Spell Portal is 18 inch that you can get the uh, first one away from. And then if you want to put um, the Plague Wind through, that's 14 inches from there. So you're looking at uh, 32 inches for that, um, which is quite far. To be fair, mm -hmm. way too <laughs> um, and then drawing a line back through first, drawing a line back through all the way to the uh, caster, which is then healing that big block of stuff that's hard to kill as well, because it's affecting those to heal and doing you know mortal wounds to yourself to or to the enemy units. That's basically what it is. Isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I know why you don't see this as um, competitive because Croak and Teclas and stuff like that. But against KO, yeah, you, you, we're not going to stop you getting many of these spells off. Well, Hearthguard Berserkers will run into 30 Plague Bearers, and sure, they'll take a couple of mortal wounds, which they're going to shrug off anyway, but there go 30 Plague Bearers in, mm. a, in a green, misty pustule filled uh, mist and then the and then they just wax the great and clean one off the table and uh you know the other the other 20 hearth guard berserkers or whatever do the same thing or the oryx are blasting rodigus into a, a green paste i mean this it's it's a lot of fun if you're facing an army that just comes right at you or if it does, when it comes right at you, it doesn't just obliterate you. So <laughs> it can be pretty fun, but it's 
you know, this is a, this art, this list is like a three and two champion, right? Like this, this list will have some fun on the mid tables, but you're not gonna, you know, you're not, you're not pushing four and one or five and oh at a competitive GT with this list for sure. Yeah. So from a KO perspective, like, cause when we talked about the Blitzes, we said, don't target the great unclean one because he's too hard to kill for the benefit of what you get from it. Now there's three great unclean ones here, basically. They're all quite hard to kill. But they're not um, minus two to hit, though. That's the no. thing, right? So, so the plague bearers are minus two to hit. But the thing is, if you kill the great unclean ones, you still at some point got to kill the plague bearers because they're going to be on the objective. Yeah. You get so, Rodigus out of you get Rodigus out of there because he's dropping mortal wounds on you from everywhere. And then as once you kill one great unclean one, the damage of the entire army goes down because you're <laughs> reducing that that line beam. And then you and then you uh you try unless you know you can just absolutely pummel the great unclean one with the endless gift in one go before he can use the endless gift, then you don't target him, right? Like mm -hmm. unless you've got him surrounded and you can just pour so many shots into him and then charge him with something, mm -hmm. you know, um, but you're still going to take, there's going to be a cost for that anyway. Cause he's bouncing mortal wounds back at you. But I mean, it's a thousand points worth of great unclean ones that don't do a whole lot of damage other than the magic phase. Ironically, mm -hmm. Beric Nar loves to fight this list. Mm, yeah, because they've only got plus one to cast, and then Rotkus and the Sorcerer don't. No. So actually, Barrett now is great against it. <laughs> um, I mean, you might have. Barrett Nar might just shut this list down. <laughs> yeah, a normal KO list might have um, Forward Stone All. Yeah, but absolutely. I mean, there's seven spell attempts here. So, but isn't that, isn't that great, though, that Barrett Nar just, like, yeah. just loves this list? <laughs> Okay. They finally found the use for it. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody who's writing the KO book got burned by a thricefold befoulement list one time in a tournament, yeah. and then he's like, "I'll show those. I'll show those guys. I'll, I'll write a. I'll devote yeah. a whole skyport to teaching them." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do uh, this. Be a Nurgle versus KO like double box, and it'll be Barry Nar versus <laughs> the double Brock. box would just be like. I love our broad books. And a great unclean one and some plague bearers and some plunderers. <laughs> um, so you say target Rodigus first then. Would you agree, yeah. Paul? Yeah, I would get rid of Rodigus first. Okay. He's a really big threat. What about the sorcerer? Because the sorcerer is going to be relatively easy to kill. And that plague score, even though it's on a six, it's got no it's got no range and I feel like the sorcerer is sort of a low value target. I would rather hit uh, you know your other big bads first. Okay. Uh, Just kind of good luck if you run up against this list on three places of power, though. Like, is this yeah. is a this is a t this is a tough matchup on for any army on three places of power. Yeah. And then. Yeah, yeah and then the plague bearers target after you've taken out. All of the great unclean ones, or two of the great unclean ones, or yeah, I think it depends on the situation, you know. It, it and it's going to depend on the battle plan. Mm -hmm. You need to really kind of think on your feet and be situational with it. Because mm. my concern with this is if you, you spend so long killing great unclean ones that you then the time then you still got to kill the, the blade bearers mm -hmm. score the, any objectives and 
you don't actually score any points. Or you start scoring points in turn four or five, and it's too late. Yeah. I mean, one of the, the things that Nurgle really does, like, really focus on, I think, is if you're playing Nurgle well, you really are leaning hard into playing the objectives. And you just want to exploit every single turn that you can that your opponent is not on objectives. Mm-hmm. So if I can, you know, if I'm playing against KO and I can force you off of an objective or keep you away from the objectives or keep you distracted and just shooting at me from a distance, that's that's good for me. Mm-hmm. So the, the Blight Cyst, we said, is if you can take t- first turn, it's best to for KO. But right. you probably aren't likely to be able to. This style of list, I assume you probably are going to be able to because it's only the heroes in the town, so you will get the choice. Is it uh, very good chance? But does KO want to take turn one in this or not? Because depending where the great unclean ones go, um, and then where spell portal, you can probably be out of range in your deployment from spell portal. So then mm-hmm. it's only Rotagus and the sorcerer that's going to do some mortal wounds, which if you've got yeah. to do this, then heal up some. Um, and then yeah. is it better to then get a double turn to try and take out those great unclean ones? Two turns of shooting. The yeah, KO because... army needs to stay out of that 3d3 mortal wound beam or it's toast. Like, that's just all there is to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the question is do you risk going inside the area of where they can put that 3d6 mortal wound beam if you think you're going to get the double turn and then get your 12 inch guns in range and kill an upgrade unclean ones? Uh, I don't yes. think you're going to kill like, more than one in a turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they swallow so much shots. Unless you have, like, yeah, a plus no, four charging battle ram ironclad that's going to do. No, that's what I'm saying. You know, do, you do you risk it by giving away first turn and hope you get the double turn? Or do you just go more cautious and try and shoot from a long range? Yes. Because the trouble is, like, would. <laughs> If I fly high to whatever point of the battle plan, and and then I've got to be 24 inches away, whilst I'm not doing any shooting at you at all, will you dispel Umble Spell Portal and then try and recast it? Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. I mean, so it's... then I'm going to be I'm going to be in range of your 3D of your 3D three. You've got seven casting attempts. I mean, sure, go ahead. So wherever I go, unless I don't shoot you at all, or I've got drill cannons with, um, you know, and you can cut yourself for plus one too. Yeah. So unless I unless I go more than thirty two inches away, I'm going to get hit by your beam. And if I'm thirty two inches away, I can't shoot you. Except with this guy, can't. But yeah, yeah. There's a sky cannon, yeah. You can see so you can shoot with the sky cannon, but then if I shoot with, I mean, I'm probably gonna have what one ironclad or maybe an ironclad and a frigate or two frigates. I'm not gonna kill a great unclean one with a sky cannon. You gotta kill Rod. You, once you kill Rodigus, though, you dramatically reduce the damage this army does because not only are you reducing the amount of mortal wounds that the super fart does, but you're also dropping the um, the damage that he's doing as well. 
So that's why you target Rodigus in this list, and then you go after um, perhaps another Guo. Perhaps you start, um, you know, trying to do some damage. I mean, doing damage, the shooting play bears a minus two to hit. It's just unless you got a flare pistol and you can really put a buttload of shots into them and then actually do damage through battle shock and just hope they don't roll a one, um, then, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have a bad time. So Rodigus has got to go. Then you start trying to focus down a, a great and clean one or not, just do more damage. They can heal and try to, you know, play objectives. This army, the, this army, this army, Munificent Wanderers list doesn't do great with like tons of objectives like Scorched Earth mm. or something. Um, Scor I mean, Scorched Earth is just a great, but even something like Focal Points where there's five objectives, you know, it's not going to be overly, overly crazy on. You just, you got to be, with any Nurgle list you fight, face you have to be smart with your tar target priority sorry my batteries are my batteries are low after three hours yeah. <laughs> so, what rotogus heals as well doesn't he yes yeah. he heals through three every turn so the thing what my what i'm thinking is is it doesn't matter where i go on the table because if i go far enough away that you can't hit me by dispelling the spell portal and we and putting it down somewhere new um then I need to basically. I'm going to have to go somewhere where I'm going to have to be hit by the plague wind, unless I just. What's the range on plague wind without the spell ball? Fourteen inches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you say you stay fourteen inches away and out of range of where the spell portal is now, because if you go outside of where the range of where they could put spell portal, then you can't do enough shooting damage because rockets will heal up. So you've got to be right. more than 40 inches away, but less than 24, so you might as well be 18 inches away, basically, to get any 18-inch guns in. Right. I mean, whether it's this list or the, the Blight Sis list, Nurgle has got an innate advantage to KO, but KO has the advantage of being able to take out the buffs that Nurgle depends on. Um, mm -hmm. So... Um, you really, really have to lean into your strength, which is focused damage, pinpoint accurate with your damage, as opposed to having to, you know, be limited by space like most other armies are. The other thing is you can go out of, you can be in range to shoot Rotogus, but not in range to be hit by the other two great angry ones with their spells, mm -hmm. their plague wins if they do recast the spell portal. And at least if you make them dispel the spell portal and recast it, then they're using spell attempts. And then they're doing less other spells at you. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if there's much else to say about this list, is there? Hopefully not, because... I think we covered it. Yeah. So, general... Um, conclusion is lots of bodies whatever type of nagualist it is at least um hard to kill including the heroes lots of debuffs have, yeah yeah and you do have to try and target the heroes just make sure you try and target the right ones and make sure you do kill them because if not they will heal most likely depending on the ones they are if it's blight says don't target the great unclean ones if it's munificent if it's price fold you do but you target roticus first Mm -hmm. um, 
Don't do. Don't rely on damage in shooting. Try battle ram. Try bombs. Mm. Try phosphorite bomblets. You know, uh, mortal wound output that ignores hit modifiers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's also that's a good thing to have in your list, regardless of whether you're playing against Nurgle or not, because negative modifiers to hit all over the place yeah. yeah a ramming ironclad with an engine master in tow is gonna just f up a great unclean one so i mean you know um mm-hmm. you know that's uh once uh, what you drop in you shoot you drop you got you drop in you hopefully have a sky hook you drop in you shoot him up and then you charge in that guo is dead you know if he's not encircled and plague bearers. Um, if you can get a charge in on them with a ram and an engine master, that guo is going down for sure. What could be interesting against those twenty uh, blight king blocks is a purple sun. Yeah, that's just a bad removes one. it removes models just slain. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they're losing four wounds per each six that you roll. Uh, so you're gonna remove three, maybe four. So that's 10 to 12 models just with a spell on a bottle. Purple Sun. Purple Sun will mess up some Blight Kings, that's for damn sure. Yeah. It's a shame that nine, because you'd, you would love to be able to battleship them off, but uh, <laughs> they're, they're quite strong against Battleshock because four wounds apiece is actually hard to kill large numbers of models. You do yeah. 10 wounds to Blight Kings, you kill two. You do ten wounds against another unit, kill ten models. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, two to a battleship roll compared to adding ten is massive. <laughs> um, and then, especially when they're already very, very nine, they they might as well be battleship immune. Yeah, it, very, very rare for them to fail a battleship test. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, oops, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think we covered everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and unless anyone's got any last-minute tips they want to quickly share? No? Yes. I mean, I, I would say that the other thing that you need to watch out for that that's like a whole separate show is like what happens when you start throwing Slaves to Darkness units into Nurgle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like a whole other build that like is like stuff that we haven't even talked about. Um, it's not really that popular right now, but uh, it can be something to watch out for because that's another list that's going to be like one drop and have all the answers. And you know, it, yeah. it's just a, a different flavor. Mm. There's one thing we didn't talk about, uh, which is Bellacore because Bellacore yep. could drop into like a blight into a blight sis list. Very yeah, easily. Yeah, well, not for long. It. Not for yes. long. The new model is so big, he's going to be 420 points. So. Well, that's why we yeah. haven't talked about it, because, <laughs> you know, he's going to get a war scroll change as well. And But, you know, whatever happens with the the new Bellacore, the likelihood is he can be in a Nurgle armor. I'd imagine. Um, I've been writing a lot of Nur- I've been writing Nurgle lists, and I was uh, I was I don't know. People didn't really seem to think it was great, but I thought it was awesome uh, to take a Blightsis list and instead of a um, and, or in addition to a Guo, to have the the um, Slanesh uh, Glutas um, mm-hmm. model because it's oh, another yeah. minus 
it's another minus one to hit bubble that comes from him. He can keep up with the army because turn two he can uh, run and charge, and he does some he slaps in melee. So um, he, there's a there's a whole lot of um, not obvious buffs and advantages to to having Glutas in 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 a Nurgle army for sure. Yep. He's already been popping up in tournament lists. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's what I was about to say is in the the battle for Copenhagen TTS tournament last weekend, the list that came third was Nurgle. I can't remember if it was actually the Blightsys Battalion or not. There was a lot of Blight Kings, so I presume it was, but it had Bellacor and it had Glutus or Solon or whatever his name is in it as well. Fatacross. Did it have Catacross as well? (laughs) Fat, no, fat across. Oh, He's fat, fat across. across. Fat across. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name. Because yeah. he has like the whole diorama mm-hmm. awesome model again, like cut across. That's but so bit, funny. But he's overweight. He's so. a little portly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so I think we've covered as much as we can in one mm-hmm. show. Uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully we've given KO players enough information so that when they face up against Nurgle, they feel prepared um, and they know what's going on. Um, so I hope this has been helpful. Uh, Paul, thank you very much for joining. Um, Thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Hopefully we can have you on again at some point, whether it's to talk about Slaves to Darkness again, or Nurgle again, or maybe, you know, you'll get some games in with your KO. Uh, if, <laughs> co- if, you know, the Nurgle COVID goes away. Soon enough. <laughs> yeah, all you need to do is win a tournament with KO and you'll be back on the show. <laughs> you don't even necessarily. Well, don't give them, don't give them incentive to not win with KO by saying he'll be back on. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you want to see more of Paul, then his channel is Radio Free Hammerhall. Uh, if you suddenly got Nurgle curious after uh, all the, yeah. this three and a half hours of discussion of it. Yeah. Well, even even if you're not Nurgle curious, then you've got some KO videos. And yeah, do. Lots, of other, lots of other cool stuff. If you um, want to see his Nurgle army, there's videos of it I've seen. Okay. Yeah, so you can see what some, some of these uh, Nurgle units look like. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so, out. yeah. Uh, thank you, Matt and uh, Max, for joining, as usual. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. So, uh, yeah, please hit like and subscribe and all of that, you know, time and kind of stuff. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.